pot for potholes. Come on. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Bowl After Bowl. Lorian and Spencer. Dame DeLorean, Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. May your bowls burn ever brighter. You brought this on yourself, man. This is a result of that. She's got big boobs, doesn't she? Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it. I knew she had the big boobs. Oh, man. And I know you got the big boobs, ballers. Thank you for being with us. On this fattest of Tuesdays, March 1st, 2022, it's Bowl After Bowl episode 141. Woo! And I'm Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And you're back in the bowl with us. That's right. Welcome. Welcome, my friends. Well, come. Well, come, why don't you? Come on, come on to the bowl. You're here again for another Tuesday. Feels like it was just Tuesday, doesn't it? It does. And yet, here we are again. But so much has happened since last Tuesday. Roll another one. Another Bowls with Buds on we, Friday. We did indeed. With do. the lovely Mousy Bear and Tunta. Oh, man. That was so fun, too. That was an awesome one. That was great. You got to check it out. You also have to check out those elderberry gummies. That's right, mousybear.com. You can find them all, and you can even order bowl after bowl special edition gummies. Yeah. It's like uh, wieners and pot leaves. What more could you want? What more could you want? They're delicious. You've got to ask for the special ones at checkout because they're just not generally available. Um, There also is a coupon code, right? Yes, it's in the morning. You get 10% off your order. Ba-bam! So bowlswithbuds.com is where you can find that. And all of our other Bulls with Buds interviews. It's a fun time. Great time. Fantastic. Um, We have a Bulls with Buds coming up? We do have a Bulls with Buds coming up. I am pleased and happy to announce this Friday, for the first time ever, joining us in the Bowl, it's Metis. Oh, yeah. Metis coming to the Bowl. Metis. Woo! Try that around 8 Central, I believe. Soft start, 8 Central. Cool. So check that out. Uh, also, pleased to remind the bowlers, of course, that we are going live uh, on all the new podcast apps that support live, which, as far as I'm aware right now, is CurioCaster. Uh, but you can boost live. You can boost the live show. So when we do the Bulls with Buds live, um, you know, this Friday, Metis is value-enabled. He's got his own node. Therefore... This is a new live son of a bitch. It's a new live son of a bitch where you can boost it and give Metis a little chunk while he's on the show if you're boosting live in the uh, in the CurioCaster app. Uh, I should actually say that uh, Boost CLI is another new podcast app that uh, also accepts the live tag so you can boost live and it will recognize it correctly. Cold Acid corrects me. Nude live son of a bitch. This is also a nude live son of a bitch. Um... You know what you know what to do. You know what to boost. Um Motor Boost for Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Motor boosting. 
Boobs out. Boobs out for Mardi Gras. Fantastic stuff happening over this past week and developments and announcements and all this stuff. It's crazy. March is going to be really wild and really awesome. Uh, Today launched the Painter Story Project, uh, which was announced and uh, talked about on Rare Encounter, Cold Acid, and Abel Kirby. And we are proud to be a little part of that. Yeah. We'll be doing some work on the painter, uh, painter Story Project there, making a visual novel playable game. That's what's up. That's lightning enabled. That's right. It's going to be lightning enabled. It's going to be value for value for value for value. All the value packed in. More history in the making. That's right. We're just going to keep doing it. We're just going to keep laying it down one project at a time, one pew at a time. We're going to go out there. We're going to make it happen, people. Cold Acid describes it as a readable game or a playable story. It's a painter story. What more do you want? Uh, we will definitely be uh, talking more about that as things come to uh, release time. But I'm excited to be a part of it. excited to kick it off. It starts today, so the gates are down and the horses are running and galloping away. And uh, speaking of Abel Kirby, you know what he told me? What? He told me he's going to come out for the... Uh, Kansas City Bitcoin block party. Oh, yeah. I heard him say it on Ablecraft, and we were talking in the back channels a little bit about it. Oh, we'll look at you back channeling with them. Yeah, so that'll be fun. That'll be cool. If anybody is interested, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about it um, in the uh, off-chain shit stain segment, but anybody's interested, definitely hit me up about the uh, Bitcoin block party. It's going to be a Kansas City first, uh, make a Kansas City history. 424, baby. Sunday after 420, so it's going to be off the chain and on the chain. Mostly off the chain, though. I think everybody's going to be taking lightning uh, at the vendor booths. So there you go. That's my plan, at least. There you go. I'll talk a little bit more about it, like I said, later. I want to get everybody caught up. Um, Yeah. Why don't we talk about uh, some people to thank? Yeah, we always have people to thank. We like to do that right out of the gate, right up front, because, you know, it's easy. When you get too far behind the curtain, you forget your stuff, you drop your notes... Drop your drawers. You drop just about everything. And uh, you don't want to leave out the most important people of the podcast. Producers. People making it happen. Because, uh, yeah, we still got to come down here and do the grind every week. And uh, make sure the show is a go every Tuesday, right after DH Unplugged wraps up. Uh, on the Bull Stream and on the No Agenda Stream. But uh, so many more people in in the whole aggregate actually put it together. And we always want to thank... A no debit for giving us the bowl stream, letting us uh, have a little piece of his IceCast server. We thank you so much for that. And uh, you should thank him too if you're listening at bowlafterbowl.stream. And you can also thank Cotton Gin for that lovely URL to get you there easy and quick. Bowlafterbowl.stream. We are also broadcasting on the Mighty No Agenda stream, which, uh, as I said, once uh, John and Andrew wrap up the DH Unplugged, we roll right on with a bowl after bowl each Tuesday night, and that's thanks to Sir Bimrose for getting us onboarded onto the No Agenda stream, where all the where all the great shows are. Man, there's so, so much uh, so much awesome stuff on the No Agenda stream these days, and so we're just happy to be a part of that. Uh, the community, the party, the whole thing. It's a lovely, lovely place to be. We also, as you know, are a value for value podcast. It means we put the value in, and we just ask you. To evaluate, what value did you get out of that? Was it like uh, going to the movies? Was it like uh, an entertaining night out? We're with you every Tuesday. We're bringing you buds. 
uh, on the off days sometimes, sporadically, and uh, always consider sending us a clip, cutting out an ISO. We had a lot of those, by the way, and I want to thank uh, Fletcher and Boobery and Seroma. Uh, also want to thank... I want to uh, shout out the Market Surfer. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he did a morning report on Aurora Cannabis Friday, and I stole some ISOs from him. That's so right. So check him out on the No Agenda Tube. He's rocking and rolling on there there's every a, week. There's a lot of activity popping up on the No Agenda Tube, man. Uh, Rick and Charlene, they did their itty-bitty homestead, and they were early to the game. Um, but there's a lot of stuff popping up, and, uh, you know, Mousy Bear's starting to do a, a homestead channel of her own now on there. You've got the Market Surfer, of course. Uh, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff's popping up. I know John and Carolyn make, made some content for No Agenda uh, Tube. They're going to be adding some more. And uh, I would I would keep your eye on No Agenda Tube. Things are going to start popping off. The momentum is growing. Of course, uh, time, talent, treasure. That's what we evaluate the value. And that's all the ways that you can contribute to Bull After Bull. And uh, we want to thank people for sending in some treasure this week. Off of the old PayPal Aroonies, we had the legendary John Fletcher. Woo, Fletcher. Spark one up. Fletcher came in with his monthly stonation of 420. Thank you All right, so thank much. All right, thank you. We're for Mr. Fletcher there. Oh, yeah, keep going. Oh, damn. <coughs> oh, shit. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, also, uh, coming in a brand new subscription this morning, uh, $5 a month from, I don't want to dox anybody, I didn't get a note, so I'm just saying KS. All right, thanks KS. KS, thank you so much. And, yeah. uh, if you want a note read or, you know, anything like that, you can always email me, spencer at bullafterbull.com. We can read your note. And, uh, I dove into my spam box, I didn't see anything new, so... Uh, we thank you though. Thank you so much. We you can also remain anonymous, even if you don't, even if you accidentally send your name. We're not going to read it if we don't explicitly know or get a name or get a thumbs up. Then we will be happy to keep your name a secret, uh, for legal tax purposes or whatever you want. I don't know. I don't know what you do, but uh, we thank you for supporting the show. And uh, coming in just under the wire, just a mere twenty minutes ago. From the Lotus Podcast with Phoenix and Phone Boy. We love you guys, and thanks for making our Tuesdays lit. Aw, we love you, Phoenix. Phone Boy. I know Phoenix. $20-y dues right there. Thank you. bucks. Phoenix needs health karma. Yes. So send her your best health karma. Send her your best health karma. Uh, I I know you got something in there for her. I have this for you. I'm going to give you this joint, nigga. Uh, That should help a little bit. And uh, yes, health karma. Hope you get to feeling better soon. It's no fun to feel not so good. Not so good. We also, of course, uh, have a lot of hype building around the boosts. The boostograms, the boosts. Boostagram. People are loving that. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we like to read them out of this beautiful tool Dave Jones built called Helipad, uh, which you can install... If you run an Umbral node or a Raspy Blitz node, it's built into the operating systems now. And uh, we're working on that embassy over by Start9 now. I have not played with one, and I have not tested one, and uh, Lord knows I cannot code one. I haven't looked at anything, but uh, we we have it on our radar to explore for the future. Uh, me and the boys, you know, so we're looking at it. 
eventually we'll have it on there too. But you're going to want to, if you're a podcaster, moving to this new era, decentralization and of uh, programmable money, the beautiful thing about the sats and the value tag is that you can split some sats off uh, from your show for guests, for artists, for producers. Maybe there's a... Oh, I don't know, a charity that you want to support a certain week or highlight a charity. You could uh, segregate a little part of the split for that particular show to a charity. There's so many different use cases. But the beautiful part is you don't have to ask anybody for permission and you have to pay no fee. Uh, There are little tiny negligible fees for transferring the sats across the Lightning Network that are paid by those sending the boosts. And you can receive it. Ba-ba-ba-boost. There you go. And that's what you want to be doing. It's the future, and uh, we're boosting. And we, we also sorry? have a lovely bot in our chat, Boost After Boost. That's correct. The Boost After Boost bot will read your Boostagram live in the IRC faster than the helipad can pick it up currently. Uh, although Dave Jones did join us recently for Bull After Bull and told us that uh, the new helipad will be faster at reading the boosts than ever before. Uh but yes, I want to thank C Dubs, Cotton Gen Servo, uh, for always being in there in the code base and helping us out with those different things. Uh, C Dubs in particular. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, you kick ass. Did the heavy lifting on the boost after boost bot, including the heavy lifting of getting my dumb ass uh, able to install the thing on my node. But bam, it works. And of course, for other podcasters out there who happen to stumble across this. Uh, I'm happy to help you add it to your show as well. Uh, this is a, a beautiful new system we got going. So we want to read some boosts uh, starting from... Before you start there, Ooh. I did want to mention a boost. We mentioned it Friday on oh, Bulls with Buds. you're right. But it was a historical boost. You're correct. So do you want to ta- talk about it? Or we can, had our first turkey boost come in. That's right. From none other than Cotton Gin... Cotton gin. That's 10, 10, 10 sats. That's right. 101,010. 10, 10, 10. That's a turkey boost. So the beautiful thing about our little boost after boost bot is it has custom emojis. And uh, C-dubs, along with the boys at Cold Acid Help, Cotton Gin Help, Servo Help, uh, write some regex, come up with some different levels and some different emojis that should pop off and flash off. Uh whenever a certain donation amount is hit. And, uh, yes, what what will happen is you send in, say, a 69, get a little lips. Uh, say you send in, like uh, Mr. Cotton Gin did, at 10-10-10. Uh, that will be three bowling balls hitting the pins, followed by a turkey, followed by a flame, flame, flame. That's the turkey donation. It's all kinds of emojis packed into one. Uh, so yes, he did indeed make Bull After Bull history with the first turkey boost. Uh, and we love the turkey boost. That's yeah. a beautiful one. Gobble, and gobble, motherfucker. That's what's awesome about all these different shows in the numerology. We can customize it to your show. We can customize it to the numbers. We can add stuff as you suggest. Uh, there's no limit to what these things can do. So uh, we'll customize it together and keep building out. I love the all the new stuff. Um Thank you for reminding me. This is important. Yes. Important history. note. Important note. History. And he did it just in the post show too. So we didn't get to say it last week on the show. Um, 
But yeah, that was awesome. Cotton Gin is the man. Uh, 1069 sats tonight from Servo. Woo! Thanks, Servo. 69! 69, dudes! He just says, have fun tonight. You know it. You know we always do. Uh, speaking of Cotton Gin, he came in tonight with an 8508 boost. All right. No, no, that's in from Fountain. By the way, Servo's boost was from Boost CLI, which is, uh, wouldn't you know it, another program that C-Dubs wrote. It's a command line application that... Uh, or command line script. I don't know really what you'd call it. Proper terminology. I should probably get my shit correct. Uh, but basically it allows you to send boosts directly from your node on the command line. Uh, which is awesome. C-Dub says either. That's nice. That's one of the nice little times in code where you can be correct. No matter what you're saying. No matter what you're saying. I'm always correct. Uh, 369 boost here. Woo! That's a triple 69. Um, 69, 69, dudes. I believe when you're 69ing with three or more people, we call that a daisy chain. Uh, my first ever boost. All right. Do I get a free boostier to boost my boobies? Or could it be her massive stripper titties? It could be. Uh, heart, bolt, heart. Have a great show. Yes, the purple and green hearts. That's the awesome thing about uh, the boost too. You can. Uh, Shoot in some emojis directly into the boost message. Uh, this came from Fountain, and I know for a fact that's Quirkess. Thank you, Quirkess. Thank you, Quirkess. Happy boosting. We got our boosting now. Hell yeah. Uh, 1337 from N4VX. All right. Thanks, N4VX. That's Elite Boost. And uh, that was the live from CurioCaster. So he's boosting the live, the live item currently. He says, way to go, Turbo Nodes. Thank you for coding. Boost, boost, boost. We'll give you some coding karma. Coding karma! There we are. A uh, thousand boosts, or excuse me, <laughs> a thousand sat boosts from CurioCaster Live. Uh, no note, no name. That's anonymous. Thank you. A thousand sets from Metis. Yeah, thanks, Metis. From CurioCaster Live. Live boosts for the win, he says. That's right. Well, I'll give another. I love this Alex Jones clip. This is a new live son of a bitch. Thank you, sir. Uh, speaking of Metis and being on Bulls with Buds Friday, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about his implementation of the live tag, too, because Fun Fact Friday went live. Yeah. Uh, this past week, I, I heard that, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, Cotton Gin again just can't keep him away. Look at him go. Look at him go. 22 420. 22420 from Cotton Gin. Thanks, Cotton Gin. Boosting out of Curio Caster like a maniac. Big booster. He's a maniac, maniac with the boosts. Boost me, bitch. Yes. Oh, man, you should have boosted. Definitely boosted. Nobody's out boosting Cotton Gin. And 6969. 6969, dudes. From our man Lavish. Yeah, Lavish. Thanks. At a fountain, he says, You like that shit. Yeah. Uh, in fact, You were feeling that shit. I was feeling it. Yeah. Boosting makes you feel good. Boosting makes me feel good. And boom, you hear that pew? That's hella padded working. Uh, it gives you a pew, it throws a little confetti in your face, and it says, Go get him from Oma. Ah, thanks, Oma. That's a stonation boost right there. And uh, that's one of my favorite emojis. It flashes a little peace sign alien puff of smoke. I love that one. 420. 
420, baby. The classic. I got some clips from Oma. I forgot to play them last show. And they are uh, <laughs> little wolf cub howls. Oh, yeah, yeah. From the stream that Booberry and Lavish did in Nashville. Oh, uh, so he, he, got the, the he got the wolf cub out of there? Yeah, he cut them out. I sent them to you. You but, sent them um, to me. And I want to kind of mention this as just a throwaway part, but uh, it's just happening to me. Uh, my machine program, right? So I have a machine Mark III from Native Instruments. It's just like a little beat maker. And that's what all of these... Uh, In the bold. That's what all of this... Uh, the ISOs come from. I'm just tapping buttons on it, right? It has a little program on the computer. And right now, the damn window is like invisible. I don't know where it's mm. at. I don't know where it went to. And uh, it won't show me where it is. Yeah, that's strange. I see it on your taskbar, but then when you yeah, hover when over you it, hover it's just it. white, and then there's nothing on the screen. It's invisible. It invisible. It's an invisible window. So I haven't been able to add clips. I drag and drop the clips to this program. Uh, there very well may be a way to add it just off of the machine's interface itself, but I'm going to have to actually do research uh, it, it, to find it. That's for another that. time. I can just play them off my machine. But uh, yeah, you want to play them? But we had a boost come in. You want to read it first? I just wanted to explain, though, that I got a lot of talent over the past week. A lot of time and talent came into my inbox uh, from Booberry, from Seroma, from all the people we mentioned before. And uh, these clips, uh, even Fletcher sent me some just before the show. These clips I want to add to the board, but I don't have the ability right now. It's making me crazy. So, yeah. Um, well, it's a show day. Things yeah. always go uh, haywire on the show days. Yep. But yeah. yeah, yeah. I've okay. got you turned up. <laughs> oh, oh, that's my. one howl. <laughs> that is a howl. <laughs> Here's the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, he was quiet and just having a grand old time. And then I went to go sit with Booberry and Lavish, and he just started howling. Man, he just he wants, wanted to be on the stream. He's just a mic hog. He is. I don't know where he gets that. And that's why we don't bring him down to the bowl anymore. Yeah, he would be. Too some much. people say that he would be making the show better, but uh, some people don't have to sit next to it. Yeah. That's all. Plus, it's way past his bedtime, you know? Yeah. He sleeps good. They're all snoozing soundly. Man, that sounded like air being let out of a balloon, my man. Ah! <laughs> I know. It's so cute. Goodness gracious. Uh, yeah, thank you. Cute. That's one word for it, I guess. <laughs> thank you for those clips. We very much appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks, Aroma. And thanks, everybody uh, who sent in uh, uh, treasure to this show. Can I play my clips also from um, the Market Surfer? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Bowl after bowl. Oh, nice. There's number one. A little Always bo- good. Here's another. Bowl after bowl. Bowl two, after bowl. Two slightly different inflections of bowl after bowl. And then... Puff, puff, pass. <laughs> nice. Puff, puff, pass. Yes. I like it. I like it too. Nah, I got more. I'll play them later in the show, though. Perfect. Do not tell me you've come here looking for pot. Of course, we've got all the classics that you know and love still loaded on the board, so at least it's working. There was a point right before the show that I thought, man, this thing isn't even going to be able to work at all. Yep. Two minutes before the show, it wouldn't let you uh, <sighs> see your other screens for the clips. I'm telling you, man, we are really coming under the wire in these in these ones lately. I feel like there's just like so much prep going on right before launch, but uh, hey, what are you gonna do, man? What the are show you must go do? on. The show must go on. That's right. You can't just stop just because all your stuff stops working. Uh, you just gotta keep on rocking in the free world. And uh, yeah, speaking of rocking, we got a rocking little segment we like to call. Arting, arting, 
Boy, it makes me want to build a node just hearing about it. Uh, Bitcoin price wildly back up again. Woo-hoo. If you're a price chaser and uh, your eyes are glued to that kind of thing. Um, yeah, a lot of people were making a big stink about, oh, this uh, conflict in Ukraine's kicking off. And, oh, I thought crypto was supposed to be this big hedge against inflation. Now it's crashing. Now it's crashing. You know, when the price falls like a ha- one and a half to two percent um, in any kind of short time window, people call it a crash or something. Uh, and okay. uh, for me personally, this is what I look at these days. I look at Clark Moody Bitcoin's uh, Clark Moody's Bitcoin dashboard, which you can find at bitcoin.clarkmoody.com slash dashboard. And uh, yeah, he's got price on there. But right under that, I love this little stat called sats per dollar because a little pleb like me is interested in that. He, a little pleb like me is interested in how many Satoshis can I get for my dollar? And that number is going down, and that actually bums me out, right? Uh, currently, sats per dollar is at 2246. Uh, sats bot kicks in, 2245, so that jives pretty well. Jives pretty well. Um, yeah, I want to get more sats for my dollar. Uh, at least... Right here, uh, at the beginning of sort of building all this stuff. You know, we're still early. And so we want a lot of sats per dollar. Everyone's like, oh, the price go up. Oh, the price go up. Oh, the price go up. But I love the sales. Personally, I love the sales. Fire sales are the best. I like the sales, and uh, that's what I want to keep on going for. Especially now that my checks are finally starting to trickle in uh, for uh, for the coding tech coach position i started uh so yes yes we're still by the way about 35 percent down from the all-time high of sixty nine thousand bucks per bitcoin so uh you know it's still pretty nice little sale going on and um i'm sure we'll see it uh we'll see it continue to grow continue to grow if you just zoom out on the chart that's what i was some of this short-term mentality just kind of has me crazy, where people are just looking at, like, what happened in the last two days of Bitcoin, and then that's just, like, the whole narrative of what they talk about. And it's like, you know, you can zoom out on that chart. <laughs> yeah. To, like, look at the last year, look at the last two years, look at the last five years. And uh, it's it's an eye-opening story when you start zooming out. Right. At what's going on here. It's uh, pretty incredible. Uh, did have another KC Bitcoin meetup. Last Thursday at the Grand Falloon, and uh, actually brought a speaker in, which was very cool. And he was just talking about um, the need for the new round of Bitcoin memes. Like the old memes, they had their purpose, and they served their purpose. And uh, it's time for a new round. It's time for a new mentality. Things like HODL, uh, which, by the way, is not bad advice to get Bitcoin and just hang on to it. But um, a lot of the hardcore coiners and the guys that are just all hodl life all the time, uh, the problem with that is Bitcoin is money. And so you get money and you have money. You can also spend that money. And so like some of the hardcore holy roller hodlers 
will poo-poo sending a boost, for instance, because they're like, what? You can't send a boost? You can't send, you can't spend Bitcoin? What are you, crazy? Uh, which is just a mentality issue. It's just a thinking thing. Like, think about this. If 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 I'm sending boosts out in a week and I boost, you know, 30,000 sats in a, in a week, then at the end of the week I can buy 50,000 sats, and then I'm up 20,000 sats total. But bam, I've spent U.S. dollars. I haven't spent sats. When uh, you do a little thing called accounting, then you can start to open your world and open your mind up to all the different possibilities. All the different possibilities. I, uh, I'm i always interested in seeing uh, what way they can shit on Bitcoin this week. you know. And I think that uh, price go down, they say it crash, they say it's, gonna, it's crashing and it's uh, de- destabilizing and it's not safe. And if price goes up, I'm going to bet, you know, because we've had uh, two days of climb. So that's all it really takes to do a narrative switch. But I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they try to vilify Bitcoin this year pretty heavily by uh, having lots of ties to Russia and Bitcoin and by uh, claiming that uh, Bitcoin is rising because of war profiteering. That's my prediction. Mm, that's that a good would, prediction. That'd be a good smear, I think. That would be effective smear. And, uh, yeah. All I know, man, all I know is I want to get some more of that shit. I want yeah. more sats per dollar. I want more sats per dollar. Um, I don't know. Feels safer than USD to me in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, the the beautiful thing about it is we, we know the rules of it. It's not secret, and uh, they can't be changed. The rules are the rules. That's what's so nice, yeah. Try try applying that to a, a Federal Reserve note. You uh, told me something interesting about the speaker. Yes. That he was using Bitcoin exclusively. That's right. This dude, um, and he actually has a... I'm going to look his Twitter profile up so that I can share it with you lovely people. Uh, but yeah, he's on the uh, Bitcoin-only life. He just spends Bitcoin now. Uh, Brian Harrington is this gentleman's name. Uh, Brain Harrington would be his uh, Twitter handle, B-R-A-I-N Harrington, with a double R, H-A-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N. He is uh, CEO of, now I want to say the app correctly, gosh dang it, but I can't see a link for here. Is it Choice? The, uh, goodness gracious, we'll get that information in the show notes for crying out loud, but it's all about personal finance and Bitcoin and tying it in. And so he's living the cash-free life, the Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin-only life. And uh, he said, you know, you can just buy U.S. dollars when you need them and when you absolutely have to use the U.S. dollars. And then the rest you can just get paid in Bitcoin and pay in Bitcoin. We actually tipped our bartender that night in Bitcoin who had, you know, like the boys uh, doing the meetup set him up with a, gosh, I think it was the Moon Wallet, M-U-U-N Moon uh, I'm pretty sure it was the Moon Wallet, but I can't remember. There's so many wallets. And uh, I tipped him on my Fountain app, because that's what I had sats in at the time. Um, I need to get Zeus loaded so that I can uh, kind of have the ability to tip. The one bummer about tipping your waiter uh, from the Fountain app is that there's kind of a pre-selected different level amounts. So I kind of wanted to tip him three, 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 three sats. Uh, but 20,000 and then 100,000 were my two choices. Or maybe it was 20 and 50, I can't remember. Uh, but in Fountain, when you're sending sats, you know, it's it's not really designed to be 
uh, a wallet, a lightning wallet primarily. It has a lightning wallet in it, but it's designed to be a podcast player. So um, when you're boosting shows, you can choose a custom amount, but then when you're sending sats, it's uh, it kind of populates a menu for you. Uh, but at any rate, that was kind of a cool experience to tip the bartender in Bitcoin, which was really nice. And Brian Harrington was an awesome dude to meet, and uh, he just kind of felt what a lot of us here in this weird little circle of people feel uh, when it comes to the momentum of, of Bitcoin and of decentralization and of building all these new tools and of just a new way of thinking and a way to opt out of the uh, of the Federal Reserve notes, man. Opt out of the system that's designed to leech your time and your value out of your existence. Um, it's it's great. It it was very uh, invigorating, let's say, to listen to. Um, the Bitcoin Block Party 424, we of course talked about that. April 24th, I would love for everybody to come out. Uh, Abel Kirby and I will be setting up a table to talk about our music project, Abel and the Wolf. Uh, probably by then we'll have painter story stuff also, uh, just to have another use case for all the things you could do on this value for value system and in this philosophy, kind of talking to people about it. And we'll also be talking podcasting 2.0 and we would love to have a flyer or sticker or some kind of crap with your show on it. If you have a value enabled show, uh, let us know. Spencer at bullafterbull.com is my email address and try to get you added and uh plug your stuff too man i'll shill anybody's show that's what's great and uh i I want more podcasters on this system that uh we were gonna have our table set up by the way at that uh block party right next to lorian's table that's right i signed up for my table first haha yes that's right you inspired us actually to make a table i know (laughs) i was at the bitcoin meetup when you decided to sign up it's a great idea and everyone, all the vendors there will be selling goods and services and whatever uh, in sats only. Sats only. So that'll be cool. It'll be like a Kansas City first of, yeah. the, of its kind, kind of like open air market. Buying food and drinks, giving value to the musicians because I know there's going to be live music. Yep. All oh, of that. I'm so excited. All of that's going down. So that's going to be really, really cool. Really, really cool. And we would love to see you there. Uh, Stephen Bell has put a lot of work into sovereign feeds, which I wanted to talk about. Um, this is going to be my project over the next week, uh, that and getting the machine back to displaying. But uh, sovereignfeeds.com, S-O-V-E-R-E-I-G-N, feeds.com. This is a place where you can customize your RSS feed. So if you are like me and you are on a host that doesn't let you um, manipulate your RSS feed personally and customize it uh you could do what i'm doing and just copy the whole thing into a a vs code window and then make your own tweaks and you can hand code that out uh which i can tell you from personal experience is a bit of a pain in the ass uh and then you have to host it at some separate address and then you have to let uh the podcast index know that you have this new feed out there uh, and they should look at that for updates or you can make it easier on yourself. You can go to SovereignFeeds.com and you can find a podcast. You can find your podcast. You can add all of those awesome new tags in, like the person tag, the social tag, chapters, transcript, value, images, all of that stuff. Nice. You can do it uh, on the item level. 
You can add item level splits specifically. So if you have a special guest one show you want to give a split to, that can be arranged. Uh, all of that stuff. So Sovereign Feeds, the idea is to take control back of your RSS feed, no matter where it's hosted. Uh, some of the hosts support a lot of podcasting 2.0 tags. Uh, some of them support some tags. Many support no tags. Uh, but now that doesn't necessarily matter because you can support all of the tags through Sovereign Feeds. And uh, I'll have another update on that next week once I really dive in and uh, tweak my feed with it. I'm excited to explore it. But we can't thank Stephen B. enough for all of the coding he's done on CurioCaster and on Sovereign Feeds and just kind of pushing this stuff forward um, at a rate that's faster than any of the other apps really are doing. Uh, and some of them are adopting pretty quickly too, but uh, anyone would be absolutely challenged to keep up with the rate uh, that Stephen Bell has been adopting the stuff. So shout out to Stephen. Yeah, Stephen B. Woohoo! He's a He's a cold-blooded uh, coding machine over there. And uh, really an inspiration, I gotta say. Gotta say. Uh, Rare Encounter went live with their live tag last Wednesday. So, oh, yeah. Uh, cold Acid was right on top of that. And uh, they were live in CurioCaster. I boosted them live. And then I heard uh, the recorded version of Fun Fact Friday, but they announced that they were live, too. So I didn't Sweet. catch them while they were live. But I did hear um, after it played on the stream that they did the uh, they did the live show with the live tag as well. So that's awesome. Um, if you are going live too, if you're using live item, let us know. Spencer Bull after Bull dot com. I would love to uh, promote the shows that are doing the live tag. And if you need some assistance, as always, I'm happy to help uh, get you on to the future. Uh, if there's anything I can do to help or walk you through it. Please let me know. Um, this is one of those things. I was actually re-listening because I told uh, Brian Harrington about one of the new memes that I want to propagate into the future. Uh, and so, mon so many of the things that he said resonated with what we've already been talking about. And I was like, hey, I already have one of your uh, Gen 2 memes that you're talking about we need. And that's the get in the car and drive thing for non-coiners who are hesitant to start using Bitcoin when they don't know enough about it. Um, and I was re-listening to that episode. The The whole thing about it was, you know, I went, that was like one of my first cocaine shit stain rants before cocaine shit stain was a thing, where I just went on for probably far too long about all the different things that we were doing and the channels that we were building and the node that we were building. Uh, and then at the end, you were asking some questions, but before you asked the question, you like... A, did this hesitation and apologize thing. And you're like, I don't want to sound dumb and I want to ask a question. And, uh, that's when I talked about, you know, we really need to talk to one another about this stuff because it's really not about sounding smart or about sounding dumb. I can tell you guys in all honesty, that the more I learn about all of this shit, even, uh, learning for my day job, like .NET stack, uh, learning about this lightning stuff, learning about, podcast rss feeds everything i learn i feel dumber <laughs> once i mm. learn more and it's really this phenomenon of the more you learn about these systems the more you actually kind of start to understand how much you will never know about it and that can kind of be overwhelming a little bit 
Uh, it's like, it's like the iceberg effect where you start seeing how big the iceberg above the surface is and you start seeing it in more detail and you just sort of like, wow, this is so huge. But if we just uh, stay shy about it and say, well, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to ask this question because I feel silly asking, then nobody gets a chance to learn. Like I've learned more helping other people and answering questions uh, or at least just as much as I've learned on my own, banging my head against the wall, you know? So uh, I really invite collaboration on this stuff and never feel like silly or anything like that. Reach out on IRC, reach out on the email. Um, I'm really all about getting everybody onto this thing for the future. It's just like podcasting. It's like, oh, you're interested in doing a podcast? You're interested in playing with some sats? Yes. Everyone who's into it will onboard you. <laughs> yeah. You figure it out. It's true. It's very, very true. Like getting my umbral node was surprisingly easy. Getting that thing up and running. I mean, stupid easy. Yeah, that thing is... In fact, getting the umbral going was easier than getting into Sphinx and on the Sphinx tribe. Yeah. And I brought that up because we do have a new Sphinx tribe and it still has no fee to join. So if you want to get in there... They really got the Sphinx tribe rocking. Get in there. That's right. We'll see you in there. Yeah, that's all, that's all I had for the... uh the shit stain cool uh, actually abel kirby does slide me a programming note here in the back channel uh, i did want to say signs of new growth has a new song out oh cool uh it's called canyons so you can search signs of new growth in the new podcasting apps and uh that's a project uh it's been very interesting they s- kind of cited abel and i as inspiration to uh put their stuff out there on the value for value as well and uh it's cool because they have a different approach. So Abel and I just did an album launch where we put together a full album and launched it all at once on Christmas Eve. And they have uh, been kind of steadily releasing new singles or new tracks uh, onto their uh, RSS feed, Signs of New Growth. So it's it's just awesome to see these different approaches and different ways that you can do music, different ways that you can do this digital content uh, as you release it. So you got total sovereignty, total freedom as far as the publishing mechanism goes, as far as uh, who gets what percentage of what royalties, all this kind of stuff. It's so awesome. So I could really go on and on about it as everyone is painfully aware, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, we are openly talking uh, to people who uh, want to join this party. It's a big old party. Ah, fuck. You're going to make me say Russia. Uh oh. 33 fucking times. Oh no. Yep. Top three, 33 this week. Well, you know, when there's a big shift in narrative, the magic number just starts popping out. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Uh, first article I saw this week was that Russia allegedly bombed 33 civilian sites in Ukraine. Interesting. Uh, then a bunch of financial times were reporting that Russian stocks ended the main trading session down 33%. Yeah, they cited emergency central bank action. Another reason why I should have Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> and uh, wiped out almost $200 billion in stock market value. Stock market value. Yeah, that's, so, that's one thing you can never do is a, a bank run or a... <laughs> Uh, ATM withdrawal denial w- when you're holding Bitcoin. That's right. Uh, this is 
According to the source here, the fifth worst crash in market history. Oh, boy. Yep. And finally, there was an article about the Dirty 33. Meet the Russian cronies sanctioned by Australia. Oh, boy. Yes, Australia slapped travel bans and financial sanctions on, and this is what really got me. In the article, it says almost 33 officials. What? What does that mean? Is there half a person being counted here? How do you have almost 33 people? You have almost 33 people, but then that's the dirty 33. Right. (laughs) Riddle me that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And this is why we call it the magic number. This is going to keep going. It just has to be in the headline. That's so incredible. Yep. Military commanders, business cronies. They use that word cronies in this article over and over again. Yeah, crony. It's not biased at all. (laughs) Uh, And then it said 300 politicians also had these travel bans and sanctions slapped on them who voted in favor of war. They also have bans on business dealing with 10 banks and four weapons producers. All Russian, of course. Yeah. But Russia, Russia, Russia didn't slow down the Koof news this week. People Uh-oh. are still Koofing. <coughs> oh, shit. Yeah, Koofing to death. There were 33 hospitalizations in Cumberland County, Pennsylvania, and Guam. Then mm. there were 33 new cases in Nigeria and Tippecanoe County, Indiana. Cases in the Philippines went down to 33. Uh, A vaccinated 33-year-old became the 321st death in Guam. Glad that they're keeping such a close tally of the deaths. No doubt. Um, Do they do like a tally scratch on a wall somewhere? They've got to. (laughs) Surely not an Excel spreadsheet. No. Database. (laughs) Oh, dead. (laughs) 321st death, 33 years old, birthday, height, weight, name. Well, she's dead. Net worth. <laughs> um, and then there were, uh, there was a 33-year-old New York firefighter who died of a heart attack the day after battling a two-alarm fire. I'm just making note of these things when there's 33-year-olds dying of heart attacks or suffering from strokes, which is my final story here. Uh-oh. A 33-year-old Peloton instructor had a stroke. Ooh, good to get the Peloton meme in there with it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, anyways, with that, let's go behind the curtain. Yes, indeed. Let's please. Cause, I'm now just I, over it. I'm just over that kind of coofing. You're over it. And you're into it. Because I heard you uh, really getting into the, the behind the curtain this week. Yeah, I was trying to bounce some things off of you because I just realized how little I understand about... The Supreme Court and how it acts, I guess, because this week they are asking the Solicitor General, a position I hadn't heard of. It's like one of the fourth highest person in the Department of Justice. Well, the Supreme Court is asking the Solicitor General to weigh in on two workers' comp cases coming out of Minnesota that have been consolidated into one case. Um, Of course, we followed those a bit here On bull after bull, the Minnesota Supreme Court ruled last year that weed doesn't count towards workers' comp reimbursement because of its Schedule 1 status. And so the Supreme Court had a private conference scheduled last Friday. I hadn't heard of private conferences, but I looked on their calendar, and sure enough, there's another one coming coming up this Friday, and I guess they just 
talk about upcoming cases or review the week. And then do things like file an amicus brief, like they did for this case, uh, looking for some insight from the Solicitor General. Yeah, I was going on about how there's a lot of common law shit hanging around in this country. Yep. You know, and I uh, I don't like that. But they're looking for an interpretation of the Supremacy Clause, Article 6, Clause 2 of the Constitution, um, which, of course, says that federal statutes are the supreme law of the land and mandates state judges to follow the federal law when a conflict arises between state constitutions and federal statutes. So Ooh. I really dislike that. That would just suggest that it's like, what's the point of the Tenth Amendment if if federal law is supreme? I don't like. I don't understand that part of it. You know, it's supposed right. to. This Constitution is supposed to carve out explicit um, powers, explicitly limited powers, I should say, that the federal government has, and then all other powers are reserved by the states and the people. And uh, then you get these uh, federal laws that just overreach and kind of trample on that they get to regulate all this bull crap that the constitution doesn't explicitly name Ugh, it's all just a bunch of total crap i just don't understand why the states can't nullify federal things that they disagree with you know why can't the states all come together and say no we don't want that over our heads it's sort of like the way the way the whole thing was originally set up was supposed to absolutely be that, you know, the several states would never even have agreed to unite uh, had it not been for the extremely limited conditions under which they united. But you fast forward 250 years and you get a lot of erosion of all of that and a lot of corruption and federal takeover and consolidation of powers. And, uh, you know, Supreme Court hasn't necessarily helped in a lot of cases uh, to keep uh, state sovereignty alive. Well, why would they? The, the whole Civil War thing kind of fucked a lot up, too. Yes, of course. But, I don't know. It's just too bad. Uh, if they're just gonna say, you know, no, supremacy clause, and that's the law of the land, then what's the point of even hearing the case, you know? It's just like, no, federal power overrules. Which is terrible. And isn't the way that this country is supposed to work. Yeah, and then it brings again up the question that we bring up constantly, where you have weed that's legal in most states now. It's legal in almost all states on some level with some sort of exemption or exception or card or program or tax or status you have to have. But state programs making it legal on some level in those states and still federally illegal everywhere. And so if you think of the uh, federal law's superseding states are being supreme you know this is why we bring it up constantly that weed is not legal anywhere right just and another example of what like you know sure they have memos outgoing that they're not going to prosecute sure the dea and the doj have you know starting with the holder memo was kind of one of the early uh indicators that oh we're not going to go after states that are following their own laws and adopting their own laws but that's just a memo it's just a policy that's just like what they're doing now it doesn't mean they have to do it tomorrow it doesn't mean you have to do it next week at any they could get a wild hair up their ass at any moment and decide no we're uh coming for all of this yep and this case really irks me um because the main one is this guy Daniel Bierbeck from 
Minnesota, who sells all-terrain vehicles and was injured on the job. And so he ends up getting a medical weed prescription, or, you know, recommendation from a doctor. It's a prescription, the same way that you would with an opioid painkiller. Yeah. And he's using that, and then the workers' comp won't reimburse him. But they would reimburse you for, you know, oxy or... Any other sort of painkiller that you right. can get. And then we have the Biden administration, the Trump administration, always, you know, crying opioid epidemic. Look at, you know, this part of the war on drugs. Look at all the overdoses. But when someone's trying to use an alternate treatment like weed, no, we're not going to help you do that. In right. fact, we're going to hinder you. We're going to still criminalize you. That's right. Well, you know, I mean, you know who calls the shots is the pharmaceutical companies. Right, I know. It's, it just still makes me mad. This is this has been a thorn on their side for ages. Yep. So why, why would anything change? They try and patent the plant and everything, you know. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, we'll patent CBD, all the all the parts, all the cannabinoids individually. Uh, I'd like to patent kicking their teeth in. Me too. What about that? What yeah. about that? Huh? An interposition for the states or nullification or something. We got to be able to. You know, get all the states together and stop this bullshit because it's too much. It's just not right. One of my favorite, like, meme political dream ideas is the, like, uh, reconvening, like, a a convention of the states, you know? Yeah. And uh, people always fever dream about it and, like, that's the real answer. That's the real, you know? But I don't know. It's like, what's ever going to happen? That's why I'm, like, more bullish these days on the decentralization concept like the opting out concept like the thing that the system needs is for everybody to just get all freaked out anytime that they change the narrative the thing the system needs is everybody to be worried about you know the next thing worried about because what the system needs is your dependence on it correct so when you can be independent and not need it then maybe poof it'll go away. <laughs> they need your they need your initial gut reaction to be oh well you can never you know fully get off of the system because of this 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 like they need you to fundamentally believe that it can't happen. They need you to think that you have to shop at a grocery store for the rest of your life and all of this kind of shit. And you know I'm not saying that it's easy to just snap your fingers and do overnight, but I think personally that we can make changes in our own lives and build systems to help other people more easily make these same changes and together at least start to construct a world where our kids won't have to worry about this shit because that's not, you know, I mean, people always whine about the boomers and stuff, but, you know, we can whine about what happened and what other generations supposedly did or... We can just start building the answers. We can just start building the solutions. We can just start doing it. I'm sick of the whinings part, and I'm I'm very, very interested now in the building part and, like, the making it happen part. And just, like, the seeing how far we can get. Well. See how far we can pull all, all these tentacles out of our assholes. It's that saying. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. That's right. So, something like that. Yeah, and you want to be part of the solution. Decentralization. That's the uh, the clearest path forward for right now. 
Well, this uh, standing akimbo, we've talked about them before, starting around episode 90. Um, they're a Denver-based joint. They're looking for a full Tenth Circuit of Appeals hearing of their case after being rejected by a three-judge panel. Um, they are arguing that Section 280E of the Federal Tax Code which prevents weed companies from taking ordinary business deductions is unconstitutional, and that the difference between federal and state marijuana policy is untenable. I agree with them. Dude, we, uh, over and over again, like, pot users and pot businesses just are so rammed with these, uh, um, these violations of the, like, everyone's supposed to be held equal under the law. Yeah. And then they just carve out exceptions. They just carve out exceptions like, oh, but but pot, so, you know. Like, why but pot? We can change the rules to avoid this happening, to avoid legalization. It's crazy. I mean, we're supposed to have equal protection. It's, it's, it's part of how the law is supposed to work. There's no but my weed exe- exception to the equal protection. Or at least there's not supposed to be. Yeah. And this is ridiculous. I mean, not being able to take standard business deductions. That's a big chunk of money that they're... It's just, it's totally horseshit. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, last year they were denied their bid to have the case heard by the U.S. Supreme Court. And they are still fighting the IRS from obtaining certain company financial information from the Colorado Department of Revenue. So we will keep following this. I'm glad that they're not giving up. You know, because it's like we said in the last bowl, if, even if it's a losing fight, at least can just be a pain in their ass. Yes, correct. And the longer you can do it, the better. Maybe someday they'll bend and break. <laughs> um, in Illinois, uh, the super case that's been holding up 185 dispensary licenses has a settlement planning conference scheduled for March 25th. Um, interestingly enough, they are going to possibly provide 33 Additional licenses to applicants who filed complaints. How about that? On top of those 185 licenses, which it sounds like they're planning to finally release to the winners of those licenses. These people, I mean, they've lost their businesses, really, um, because the licenses were announced last summer. They've been paying rent on buildings. They had hired employees who then didn't have a job to show up to, so they obviously went and found work elsewhere. Um... But imagine that, paying rent on a place that you can't do business in. It's insane. Just, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make much uh, business sense, let's say. No sense at all. No. Nah. Not even a penny. <laughs> but um, the judge has asked the complainants to organize and resubmit their materials so she can organize them into buckets of the ones that will be easier to settle and then, of course, the more difficult ones. <laughs> So she'll settle the easy ones first, I guess, and work her way out from there. Um, Should tell her we prefer the Ziploc baggies <laughs> with the little fold-over flap, not the ones with the zipper-zipper. Come on. I mean, geez. Get with the program. Gotta get the cheap ones. But um, the judge did rule against a state motion to open up the case to additional plaintiffs. So if you're not on board, it's too late. And you can't complain about not getting your license. That's right. Weed prices plummeted in Michigan Woo. this year. Yeah, hitting all-time lows in January due to record supply. Seems like a good problem to have. 
uh, around Kalamazoo, you can get an ounce for 50 bucks. Holy smokes. The state average right now is 152, which is way down from the December 2019 price when the market first rolled out. Then people were paying $516 for an ounce. Oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, when it launches, you know, we we just still kind of like this weird meme thing that a lot of people are buying like for the first time. And they're like, oh my God, you can buy weed. So, you know, of course it's at a premium. Yeah. But yeah, once the market floods with all the supply and you got to get rid of it before it goes bad, then, you know, you have to beat the black market. And so, yeah, 50 bucks an ounce, that's pretty great. Hell yeah. $5 a gram. They, I mean, when this is what's blown my mind ever since I really started like thinking with my brain about the thing. Is t- Tobacco is some of the most highly regulated and taxed uh, shit that we have out there. Uh, and it's quite comparable to weed. You know, you smoke it. You can buy a pack of cigarettes for... I don't know, like some of the more expensive places in the country, it's like 10 to 12 bucks a pack, right? Mm-hmm. And a pack of cigarettes is 20 cigarettes that each have a gram of tobacco. So that's about 20 grams. That's uh, like three quarters of an ounce, give or take. A little under. Uh, for 10 to 12 bucks, you know, you got three quarters of an ounce. And that's, what, that's what's going on in the tobacco world. So, you know, what are you going to pay? Double that? Triple that? Uh, if you're paying triple... Then you're around, you know, 36 bucks for three quarters. That's close to that 50 an ounce number. That's sort of where it's starting to make more sense. Like in, in around Kalamazoo, where it's finally down to $50 an ounce, we're getting closer to like a reasonable price. But that's still a really high price when you compare other yes. comparable commodities. For sure. Especially considering this is a weed yeah, not we're to talking about. It, you know, weed is, uh, weed's pretty easy. The weed. <laughs> it grows everywhere and anywhere. So. Yep. Hardy. You know. um, small and mid-sized growers uh, say they're struggling to match the prices, though, of the larger operations that are dropping their prices to compete with each other to get more buyers, I sure. guess, you know? Yep. Makes sense. Um, but, uh I guess that's just the nature of the beast here. Michigan is now the fourth largest weed market in the nation. But the problem with that is they make the entry, they make so many entry barriers. So like a little guy still has to spend the same non-refundable deposit amount yeah. just to apply for a license. They have to spend all, all of this money to get a facility that meets the code to get all of this shit going. The big guys still have to spend all of the same base fees, but they have more money to throw at it, and it doesn't hurt them as much, you know? The little guys have to make this nut back that they've already put in, whereas the big guys had enough to just throw in there at the beginning, and then they can just start focusing on profits, and they can make this massive supply thing. So they're at a tremendously unfair advantage. Yeah, it's unfortunate to be a little guy. If we just had a free market thing, then little guys could have a roadside stand or whatever, you know. Yeah. They could, they could, little guys could run a little operation, be little, make little money, and be profitable. But that's not how, you know, that's not the system that they set up. And that's not the, that's not what we legal weed looks like in any state. Right. I know. I just want my farmer's market weed. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Independent <laughs> producers. Like, I want a small batch weed like I can get a small batch whiskey or a small craft brew, you know? Yeah. Cotton Gin asks if he can buy weed with lightning yet. I'm sure you can. I bet it can be done. <laughs> I bet it can be done. Maybe I'll research that and get back to you. <laughs> In Minnesota, flower sale started today. Oh. Yeah. Alert, boobery. Yep. Medical, of course, but can get your pot. And then we had a new bill filed here in Missouri by Representative Ron Hicks entitled the Cannabis Freedom Act. Um, It doesn't have a hearing scheduled yet. It's been referred to the Public Safety Committee, but there's no possession limit. Adults can cultivate up to 12 plants for personal use. Uh, It states that medical cannabis patient info cannot be shared with federal authorities. Um, It also puts the ball in the Department of Revenue's court and allows them to set a tax rate no higher than 12%, but gets rid of any taxes on medical weed. Um, Then it says the tax dollars would be deposited into the Cannabis Freedom Fund, which covers administrative costs of implementing this program, Um, And the rest would go to teachers' salaries, first responders' pensions, and the Missouri Veterans Commission, which is where um, medical tax is currently going. Uh, So they're expanding a little bit of that. (laughs) Yeah, giving it to teachers. They're giving it to all of the meme tax stuff. Yeah. I'm surprised Marodes aren't in there. Um, They should give some of it to Marodes. You know, you could submit a public comment I said, somewhere. I think I, I will. I'll be like, what Call about him. my goddamn road? Call his aid. Sell this weed. We got potholes. Pot for potholes. Come on. Yep. Pot for potholes. That sounds like a winner, winner, chicken dinner to me. Um, What else? What else is going on in this bill? Uh, licensed businesses could make tax deduction- deductions with the state up to the amount that they'd be eligible for under federal law if the industry was federally legal. So it kind of works around the Section 280E. Mm. I think that's kind of cool that you can maybe get <laughs> some of your money back that you're supposed to get as a legal business. Yeah. You know, I, legal business and finger wag quotes. Right. Um, those who apply and don't receive a license can deduct the application fee cost, which is also pretty cool. Um, Expungement, of course, would be granted, and uh, those who are currently serving time would all receive resentencings. Um, No warrantless search based on odor alone, and weed could not be used as a factor in family court proceedings. This is very important. And something that should have been taken care of when medical passed, in my opinion. I agree. Well, you know what we call this, it's a... It's a step in the right direction, after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction, after all. Well, this is just a filed bill. I mean, it might not even get a hearing. I know, that's what's so crazy. There's a lot of bills that get filed week after week. And I don't report on probably even 1% of them because it's just, they're, you know, a lot of them are just duds. They're just dead in the water. Yeah. It's just like a headline for the person. Hey, I filed a weed bill. Yeah. Oh, great. And then it never even gets assigned to a committee, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Like the Speaker of the House in most states can just say, eh, I see it on the docket. I'm not going to put it in a committee. Yeah. And I'm sad to say this, but 
Shamed Dogan, he has his joint resolution um, that he, I think it might only be pre-filed right now, but he has filed that year after year. Yes. Um, and last year there was no hearing scheduled for it. And he has a great joint resolution here with no possession or purchase limit. Um, it's like adult home grow up to 12 plants. It explicitly says that there's no more asset or civil forfeiture allowed, which is huge. It also explicitly states that no state or police funds can be used to assist in federal prohibition enforcement. Yeah, it's a really well it's thought a, out bill. Yeah, and it puts it on the ballot, too, uh, for the voters to take up, which is, duh, a winning issue. Um, but, you know... And there, uh, he proposes 12% tax for recreational and 4% tax for medical. Then the revenue would go to Smarter and Safer Missouri Fund, uh, which supports veteran services, first and foremost, infrastructure programs, maroads, pot for potholes. Tremed Dogan already thought of that, I guess. Nice. <laughs> Expanding broadband access and He's the man. drug treatment program, you know? And I honestly think... A medical recommendation can be very helpful for people who are suffering withdrawals from opioids, from meth. They just did a study about CBD and people suffering from, you know, tweaking out on meth, basically. Yeah. Um, how it can be super helpful. And we're just not allowed to even talk about this stuff. No. No, no, no. It's all uh, misinformation and disinformation. And you're I love those made-up words. You're supposed to eat your Pfizer pill and be a good slave, you know? Exactly. Um, but that's just a matter of time now. I think, um, how do you feel about federal legalization? You know, it's, it's crazy to me to think about because we, you know, I started doing weed activism in 2008 and, uh, and all that time we've saw a lot of state dominoes fall. The first medical program was California in 96. So like, you know, I was... I was a kid. I didn't even know what weed was then. Um, back in the 80s, you know, Jimmy Carter promised to legalize weed when oh. he was president. And uh, I don't know. Like, there's this cynical part of me that thinks that they're going to keep weed federally illegal forever just to keep their options open and just to have the ability to smash it at any time, you know? Yeah. Uh, they pull one of these narrative flips. They pull one of these uh, all-out media full-court presses, and you've seen what they can do with it. I mean, you've seen you saw what they did with fucking COVID. Uh, you're seeing now what they're going to do with this new war. They can flip the script and come up with a script and convince everybody that you know we we people need to be beat up and locked up and not allowed to have money and not allowed to go to stores and you know it's super popular right now and that seems impossible right now this current moment in time just seems impossible but uh i've seen crazy shit just in the last couple of years that i didn't think was possible so i don't know man like i really want i really wish i could be optimistic about federal legalization at any level but until i fucking see it done and implemented and like codified and signed and all of it like already done 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 across the finish line i really am gonna have a hard time believing it yeah everybody everybody pays it as lip service of it's coming it's coming to get voted in because it's an incredibly popular issue and almost 
you know, the overwhelming majority of Americans support the legalization and don't really give a shit about weed. Again, right now, that's true. Right now, that's the current uh, zeitgeist and the current paradigm. That's how people are right now. But the public is a fickle bitch, and she can be swayed by, like, the pettiest of narratives. So am I, like, super optimistic that that's going to happen, like, soon? Fuck no, not soon. Ever? I don't know. I hope someday. I really hope someday. That's all you can do is hope, I guess. <laughs> Chew soap. And I'd, out of everything, I've been proven wrong multiple times. I would love to be proven wrong about this. Oh, please. Yeah. Please, please. please let me be wrong about this but no i don't fucking see it and i would also um say i just would worry that they might make a bigger mess of it with some federal passage sure. you know like sure i mean we've already talked about in the past the the uh the, the bills to like modernize the the weed policies federally and instead of the dea being over it there's like four or five alphabet soup agencies over it yep yeah step in the wrong direction we like to call it this is actually a good segue into my next story um which is about the activist new jersey weed man or edward forkian he um presented some oral arguments this week in his federal lawsuit against governor phil murphy and he's fighting against the legalization that rolled out in New Jersey. Um, basically what he's saying is that they've created a cannabis cartel for yep. what he's pointing out as white people, Caucasian cannabis cartel is what he's calling it. But he has a point that it it's rules for thee and not for me. You know, if you had the money to get a license and stuff, then you can sell weed. But weed's not legal. Because if you get caught selling weed on a street corner or something, you're still going to get either fined or thrown in jail, depending on how they wrote their laws. Right. And so, New Jersey Weed Man, <laughs> he's got a restaurant across from, uh, let's see, Trenton City Hall, and he is openly selling weed there. Whoa. And that's his latest, uh, you know, latest play. <laughs> his latest middle finger. Yeah, his latest middle finger. Uh, he, well, he, good for him. Yeah, he's ran for political office. Uh, he founded the Legalized Marijuana Party. He's a Rastafarian, a registered medical patient in California. Um, yeah, he was diagnosed with tumors in 2001 in his knees and shoulders, and they became cancerous. Uh, he used to host smoke downs at the Liberty Bell after Congress passed oh, the Religious yeah. Freedom Restoration Act in 1993. So he's been at it. Since I ninety three, I was born that year. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've I've definitely read about the the Liberty Bell smokeouts. Well, I got a good clip from him that can go on the board. Uh, let me play this. Oh wait, I gotta find it. Didn't expect the machine to poop out on you tonight. I know. I'm sorry about. It's that. okay. Here's my. I didn't expect it either. Here's my little board uh, clip. It's a step in the right direction. See, he said it himself. How about that? He knows what's up. Yeah, he's talking about the legalization there. It's a step in the right direction. (laughs) But, you know, uh, here are his demands. Uh, So what are your, and I want to hear a very specifically, list of demands from the Cannabis Commission in New Jersey to make it something you would want to participate in? Home growth for everyone. I should be allowed to get a a license to grow marijuana myself. Mm -hmm. Anyone who has a for marijuana charges, not only should they get an expungement, but they should get an exemption for 
marijuana licenses. We went to prison for selling weed. Now we'd like to be allowed to sell weed. We don't want a jail cell again. Makes nothing but sense. Yeah. And I love that home grow for all. First thing he says, now I do disagree with one thing he said there, which is I should be able to get a license to grow. No licenses. We should just be able to grow pot. I agree. Well, my my thing is if you're going to license it, which I, I hate all the licensure processes, it's just yet another barrier to entry. It's just yet another um, way that we are not free, that we are kept not free. It's just another scam that they're running, whether it's a real estate license or a freaking hairdresser license or whatever they're going to dream up licensed, you know? Yeah. Uh, definitely true with a pot license. But, however, whatever, if you're going to insist that there has to be this stupid license process, then just make it affordable Make it, you know, cost only the administrative overhead of, like, printing a few forms out costs. Like, make it actually reasonable. Um, and don't limit it. Don't put this arbitrary cap on licenses so that only insiders get the licenses. You know? Give everybody yeah. who qualifies a license. And make the qualifications reasonable, too. Yeah. You shouldn't have to have... The seed to sale tracking on every single fucking seed that ever and existed. You shouldn't have to have armed personnel posted up at your place, front door, back right. door. Now, you shouldn't be allowed to do any of that or have any of that. Don't get me wrong. But it shouldn't be required. You shouldn't be able to, like, oh, you can't sell weed unless you got goons with guns around. Like, isn't that sort of... What the fuck is all of this? Yeah, well, when you, uh, you know have a gun and are possessing weed and it's not legal in your state then that's an automatic felony so it's it just cracks me up that they require <laughs> yeah. armed guards at these places they require you to violate even more uh federal laws than yeah. you're already licensed to violate <laughs> it's 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 absolute craziness honk honk clown world it's wild west it's goofy yeah what goofy. is going that's on that's a good word we for did it. have a couple boosts slide in you might have heard the pews um well, let's read them. Net Ned, sixty nine, sixty nine. Woo! Sixty nine. Cocaine shit stain. <laughs> cocaine shit stain. Insane in the membrane. Coming back from the wings game. Ew. <laughs> With the crazy face emoji. Nice. Uh, sixty nine, sixty nine. So thank you. Sixty nine, sixty nine, dudes. Four twenty from Bye. Omaha says go get him. Uh, from Omaha, I should say, Sir Omaha. Sir Omaha, Sir Omaha. We call him both. Uh, boost this stick from Fletcher one four twenty and four twenty from Fletcher. Boost that joint re resolution. Hey, he yes. likes the joint resolution. I love that. I love Shamed Dogan. If only that could get a hearing, man, and get passed out of committee and and just go. That would be great. You missed one. Oh, of course, right. <laughs> I didn't miss this one. Another four twenty. Uh, the four twenty from Quirkass, who says that first boost was me. By the way, I'm learning Fountain and really digging it. It's pretty cool, man. She set her username up now, so it is Quirkass. We did uh, assume it was you. Yes. Because uh, a little birdie told me earlier in the ball that uh, you were getting on a fountain, figuring that out. Yeah. She says, thanks for continually educating and encouraging us to learn this by getting in the car and driving. Hell yeah. Much love and sats. That's the only way to do it. Heart, bolt, heart. Thank you, Quirkess. And yeah, get in the car and drive. That's my advice. It's kind of fun. Once you get in there, you were like realizing like, oh, this isn't really like all that actually that hard. 
Like if you can put a picture of your titties on Instagram, you can figure out how to boost a podcast. That's about the same difficulty level. And the boost will stick. Those p- pictures on Instagram will be taken down because Instagram sucks. That's correct. Anyway, this uh, lawsuit that the weed man's got, it's 40 pages, and he's citing the supremacy clause uh, declaring that legalization in New Jersey is unconstitutional, invalid, and he adds deprives him of equal protection and due process under the 14th Amendment. Um but he's relating the term regulated cannabis, which was used over and over again there, uh, against marijuana and doing an analogy of like crack to cocaine. With gotcha. It, you know, like it's just weed. Right. Regulated cannabis. And they use the term unregulated marijuana to talk about how you'll be, you know, punished if you get caught with weed without licenses and stuff. Yeah. Um, well, you know... Getting a weed that's licensed or a haircut that's licensed is far safer than getting weed that's unlicensed or a haircut that's unlicensed. Don't you know? That's what they tell me, but they also lie to me all the time. So, <laughs> no, I don't know that. Um, Really, you know, he's just fighting for representation and legalization. And we don't have that anywhere <laughs> right now. Yep. Um, But I thought it was interesting... Uh, seeing him cite the supremacy clause and fighting against this legalization because I've said it before in the bowl, it's way easier to be patient and pass a good law, you know, into effect than to have to fix a bad one. Yeah. And what this country's suffering from right now is a bunch of bad fucking laws just stacked on top of each other. Yep. And they just keep adding more. I know. To fix the bad laws, they pass more bad they pass ones. Another law instead to of pass- just. Yeah. Chopping the laws out. Like, start repealing. Makes you sick. Stop passing. Start repealing. <laughs> uh, New Jersey, obviously, is seeking to dismiss the case. So. Right. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, he also has a Token Tuesday podcast entitled Get on the Can of Bus, where nice. they pull names from their reefer raffle that they do every week in their in his shop. And then they call the people that won and surprise them, so. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I listen to a few of them. They're cute. I like it. That's awesome. I like his style. I love that, you know, just on the ground activist. I'm doing this. I don't care what you say. Come get me. You know, come to my fucking door. That's right. Just selling, selling weed out in the open across from City Hall. He is really. Badass. He, he's going for it. <laughs> he's like, he you is. come for me. For real. Yeah. Uh, New Mexico. Their Supreme Court ruled that medical weed purchases are not subject to the state's gross receipts tax. They finally made that decision. Um, Producers requested a refund for gross receipts taxes paid on medical weed, claiming medical purchases should be untaxed and treated like any other prescription. Makes sense to me. Uh, The first refund was requested in 2014, and then the second, which got the ball rolling, was in 2018. Look how many years it's been, though, just to get this decision. Crazy. Uh, The New Mexico Tax and Revenue Department denied both claims, but following an appeal from each producer, the New Mexico Court of Appeals ruled in January 2020 to overturn the department's decision. The department appealed the decision and sent the case to the Supreme Court. Now, one of those 
um, medical producers will be receiving a $7.4 million refund plus interest for their request. Um, We first discussed this case on episode 133 in the bulb. If you want to go back and hear more background on it. Yeah. I like money, though. Yeah. But you know who doesn't? Who? Well, I shouldn't say that, but <laughs> I was going to say Christy Noem, but I'm not into her story yet. She uh. really doesn't, though. Uh, in New York, Governor Kathy Hochul signed a bill giving two-year temporary licenses to growers. Uh, it amends Section 69 of their cannabis law. Oh, boy. How which, about that? Uh, 69! 69, dude! It temporarily allows growers to grow weed outdoors or in a greenhouse. And uh, if they want to do inside, they're limited to 20 artificial lights unless otherwise authorized by the Office of Cannabis Management. Mm. That's a lot of lights. That was interesting. That seems like a lot of lights, 20 lights. Yeah, it does seem like a lot of lights, but it almost felt like a push for more outdoor grows. Sure. Which I don't really hear about very much. Um. Very, However, very efficient way to do it, cost efficient and, uh, you know, pretty much everything efficient. Yeah. And you're using the sun for light. <laughs> what a using the novel sun, notion. You're using, like, actual rain. You're using actual <laughs> earth. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. I think outdoor gets a bad rap. Oh, nothing bad with outdoor. That's the way God intended it to be grown. Uh, however, of course, there's always, you know, the club that this is allowed for sure and one of the stipulations that is that you must have been growing hemp for at least two of the last four years with a valid industrial hemp license as of december 31st 2021 so uh, hemp growers are being ushered into this and everyone else gets locked out (laughs) um wonderful yeah you can't get your temporary growing license after uh december 31st of this year and you have to at least apply for the permanent license by June 1st of 2023. Now, it also requires these growers to participate in an environmental sustainability program and a social equity mentorship program to train individuals from the, as they have specified, war on drugs impacted communities to become licensed. Or basically to work for them, I'm guessing, is how it's going to work out. Um, it also requires these licensees to enter into labor peace agreements with a bona fide labor organization actively engaged in representing or attempting to represent the applicant's employees within six months of licensure. And the maintenance of such labor peace agreement would be an ongoing material condition of licensure. So, union weed required. Jamie Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, Um, that's a wild one, man. And the goal here... For New York, as Kathy Hochul puts it, is to have 50% of all licenses awarded to social equity applicants. Huh. That seems like a high bar, man. Yeah, but I think the way they're doing it is kind of what Arizona activists are fighting against. It's like, oh, sure, we can have these big players front them the money, get them in because they have all the connections, they have the experience, they can pass the experience on to them, and then they'll just work for them, and then the big company will still swallow them up. But they'll get the license. Their name will be on the license. They're going to run a uh, hire slash sponsor a um, social equity applicant kind of uh, game. 
Yes. Yeah, it makes nothing but sense. And then they'll say, look at us. We have 50% social equity people here. And the term is just so bullshit also. You know, the war on drugs has impacted everyone. Yes. In an, incre- in an incredibly negative way. Yes. The whole country. So, other news out of New York is that the company MedMen, which we've been following, they withdrew their statement about Governor Hochul using political pressure to approve that Ascend Wellness acquisition. And we've talked about that on the last few bowls, so I don't want to recap the whole case. Um, But I just thought that was interesting. I wonder who got to them, you know? Why would you say, oh, we know this happened, they had this meeting, the guy went to the donor banquet and paid $15,000 and then bada bing, bada boom, this deal, which had been stalled for a whole year, suddenly goes in three days later. Hmm. (laughs) It seems like there might have been some political pressure put into play there. Uh, actually, what we said, uh, that's not true. We, we're we just going to withdraw that. Yeah, it Never must mind. be fucking nice, right? Mm, yeah. They're also now selling all of their Florida assets to Green Century Holdings. So, it looks like they are getting out of Dodge. Wow. Um, in Oklahoma, the Bureau of Narcotics raided 12 licensed medical marijuana grows. They're trying to tout this as the biggest raid ever. Uh, but I am not sure they can take that title, um, because there is one in California that was huge within the past year. And anyways, who wants that title anyways? No Fuck doubt. you guys. Yeah. Uh, they seized- Get a life. Yeah, seriously. They seized a hundred thousand plants, fa- an unspecified thousands of pounds of processed weed, uh, multiple vehicles for their fun, you know, undisclosed amounts of cash. I really hate that. You know, if you're going to steal their money, you should at least tell us exactly how much so that we can hold you accountable and make sure that it's going where it's supposed to go and not into your fucking pockets. But here we are. Uh, (laughs) Undisclosed equipment and eight properties. So they took eight pieces of land. Um, One of the raids was on an 80-acre farm. But they said uh, there's more raids coming, so the warning's been put out. Um... They claim that the licenses for these medical grows were bought with ghost accounts, in which I say, like, uh, are you doing any due diligence before granting licenses? If these are made-up people or people from other countries that shouldn't have had a license in the first place, why did you give them a license? How did you allow, you know, like one of them here is Zing Long LLC, X-I-N-G, Zing Long LLC, and they complained about Chinese coming in and buying up these licenses. Well, why did you give them the license? Really makes you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah. And then uh, they said that there's a um, a DOJ target who was apprehended during this, um, who had a woman. They didn't say her name or anything, um, but they said she's responsible for a lot of the black market trade from Oklahoma to Missouri to Texas to California, outside and inside of the United States. So I'll be curious to hear about that American hero. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> oh, say her name, say her name. Anyway, we'll keep up on it. it. Just it always grosses me out when law enforcement is standing in front of other people's shit, being like, "Look at what we got, I, you guys!" Like, it just makes me fucking mad. The dick wagging over stealing people's property has to stop. Yeah, has to stop, and the stealing of it too. But God, when they rub it in everyone's face, it's just gross. It is gross. Ugh. Oh, well. 
Um, Also, in Oklahoma, the Medical Marijuana Authority reached an agreement in a lawsuit that was blocking them from implementing the seed-to-sale tracking. Um, That order that they agreed upon was filed Friday, February 25th, and now they can implement uh, metric tracking, M-E-T-R-C, no I there, so I don't really know how to pronounce it, Uh, but they're out of Florida, and they're going to require... Everyone participating in the legal market to use this company. Just a total monopoly for them. Um, And they have to do this RFID tagging system, you know, use their specific reporting software. And dispensaries have until August 24th to sell or legally dispose of untagged medical products. No fucking way. Bullshit. Yeah, this whole thing came about because... Um, one of the licensed dudes said, hey, that vendor charges unreasonable fees and keeps increasing the prices on us, which means we have to increase the prices for the patients. And that's just not fair. Uh, and also, you know, you shouldn't have a monopoly. I should be able to use who I want to get yeah. you my information. If it's all going to the same place, who fucking cares who I'm reporting through? Right? Right. No. Right. No, right. no. Yeah. They're going to tout safety. You know, no, this is for safety. We all have to be the same. Yeah, our contractor has to have the sweetheart deal of doing all the seed to sale tracking for your safety. This is one thing that Washington State is actually getting right. They're allowing um, their licensed folks to just report however they can, and then they uh, compile it all into one database on their end. You know, the yeah. state's end. Like That's you how do it the fucking work. work. You want to track it all? You track it all. You can force me to track the shit. That's just, yeah. It's yeah. all these little things like this. Everywhere, everywhere across the country, you see this kind of shit. Yep. So, yep. You know, if, you got a, if you're a licensee there, you got 90 days to uh, become compliant. Comply, slave. Over in Oregon, Portland-based Cura Cannabis uh now has to pay 200 bucks to anyone who bought vapes that were improperly labeled 100% marijuana. And I'll have a link to file your claim if you bought one of these. <laughs> Claims are due by April 29th in this uh, settlement. But uh, you must have purchased the Select Elite, Select Packs, or Select Dabbables vapes between August 15th, 2018 and November 22nd, 2019. Where did they fuck up when labeling it 100% marijuana? Well, they didn't note the ingredients included botanical terpenes. <laughs> yeah, so they added, um, you know, these terpene isolates from legal plants like cloves or lavender, right. pine needles, whatever, just to give some texture, for lack of better words, some smell to the extracts. Yeah. That's crazy. Some, some terpenes. And then... Um, <laughs> There's things you want called terpenes. Yeah. Well, what's interesting here is Cura Cannabis is now owned by the Massachusetts company Cura Leaf, and Cura Leaf is the one that's facing an investigation for accidentally swapping the CBD wellness drops with the THC wellness drops, oh, which we talked about yeah, recently. yeah, remember that. So they're just... King of the whoopsies ooh, over there, bro. Oopsie poopsie. <laughs> Times two. <laughs> uh, speaking of oopsie poopsie, that's all that Christy Nome can make over in South Dakota when it comes to weed. 
uh, there was a legalization bill that came up for a vote and was passed by the Senate. But before that, the governor held a, um, you know, a little media circus, a conference to sure. take questions. And so the first question that was asked was uh, this one. Uh, governor, there was a uh, recreational marijuana bill that just... Mm-hmm for the time being, cleared the Senate by one vote. If that finds a way to your desk somehow, are you going to veto it? Well, it's hard to talk in hypotheticals. I'm not in favor of recreational marijuana. I still believe I haven't seen anybody get smarter from smoking dope. So we'll, we certainly have a medical program. I have supported medical marijuana for years. Uh, we're in the process of standing up the best program in the country. And I appreciate the legislators for making some reforms to that program this session. Uh, and essentially what we have going on in our state, uh, coming through some of our tribes and what's happening is people are using uh, some loopholes to get medical cards that I want us to really understand what the consequences of that is uh, before we make sure that we stand up another program that we don't necessarily know what's going to happen when it's put out in place in all of our small communities. This fucking smug cunt. I can't believe that shit. I mean, I can. Don't get me wrong. But what the fuck is with this? I haven't heard of anybody getting smarter smoking dope. Is that our yardstick? Is that our yardstick for what's regulated? I haven't heard of anybody getting smarter eating a fucking Big Mac, bitch. I haven't heard anybody smarter about riding around the block on a fucking hoverboard. Is that illegal? What the fuck is this shit? I haven't heard of anybody getting smarter. She's a cunt. She's getting smarter. That fucking pisses me off, dude. I'm not gonna lie. That's why I clipped it. What a fucking smug bitch. What kills me is she's done outstanding things for South Dakota, but she is so dead wrong on weed the whole time. I don't understand what she doesn't get and why she's so anti-freedom in this aspect. And just the word dope. It's like, ugh, you fucking fed. (laughs) You lizard. I can't believe it. That level of looking down her nose from that fucking podium. You could just hear it in the very first that gross noise she made when the dude first said Mm. marijuana. She's, mm. Dismissive immediately. Oh, they're bringing up the marijuana again. Fuck you. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Well, here's another question that was thrown at her. Uh, the sponsors of the uh, ballot measure have mm-hmm. reached out with a bit of a compromise on that, mm-hmm. basically saying they'll drop the uh, ballot measure campaign if it's enacted, um, and re- reasoning that you know there wouldn't be home growing it, uh, local governments could opt out. What do you think about that that compromise? Is that something that you would consider? Well, I would say based on that statement, they must have polling that tells them the people of South Dakota don't necessarily support recreational marijuana. Wrong. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll, you know, I understand their offer, but it's not something I would take them up on. If the people of South Dakota this fall really want to have that debate, uh, they'll have a few more months under their belt of seeing really what impact the medical program is having. Bitch, they passed recreational in 2020 and medical. This is not. And the, you killed it. This is not even the time for compromise. This is time for all out frontal offensive because the compromise isn't going to get you anything except for not a medical bill. We've said many times if you don't have home grow, you don't have medical. Exactly. If you don't have home grow, you don't have true legalization. You don't. You don't have it. You still got to create this artificial cartel that you got to go through. You got to go through 
these guys instead of the black market cartel. What's the fucking difference? The whole point of ending prohibition is to end this uh, violence and you know pri- artificial price skyrocketing associated with the black market. The illegal trade. That's what makes everything dangerous. That's what makes all this shit so, you know, people are dying. That's why I have friends buried. It's the prohibition. These people want to fucking scoff about the little minor details and shit. Like it ain't real people out here getting shot over the shit. It's fucking disgusting. It is. Yep. And yeah, we talk about South Dakota all the time. Um, Of course... Christy Noem single-handedly struck down recreational um, by presenting a challenge that went to the Supreme Court. And, uh, yeah, what else happened this week? Oh, yeah, so the Senate passed the legalization bill, but then it died in the House State Affairs Committee. Uh, So she didn't have to worry about using her veto on it. Um, The House Committee then went on to totally gut a bill that was passed by the Senate, by the Senate, um, which was going to lay out the rules for the recreational market, um, and they replaced the content of the bill with language that eliminates affirmative defense for medical patients and expands police authority to conduct searches and make prosecutions for people who work at licensed medical facilities. Uh, they literally reincarnated. Two bills that were killed already, Senate Bill 20 and Senate Bill 16, uh, and put it in this one. Just shoved it in the stomach of this bill and then passed it back like, oh, here, vote on this. Hmm. It's fucked up. It's they just, can even do that. That's, this, is, uh, this is why you just have to, you have to fuck the compromise shit. Because who needs these politician assholes anyway? They're not on your side. They're not no. going to, why would we cave to them when we know what we want? We already know what we want. We know what a good law looks like. It does include home grow. That's a non-starter. Yes. A bill that has no home grow is a non-starter. You do not have a correct bill. And yeah, why why would we wait for these assholes and idiots? They're just going to water it down. That's why you have to go ballot initiative. You have to go constitutional amendment. You have to get it carved into stone in your state laws. And really all of that is just nonsense because... We've talked about it many times. The way to fix the weed laws is just to repeal the prohibition. That's it. Just take the laws out that make it illegal. Simple as. Fuck all this extra bullshit. All these extra laws that get put into place. The new cartel that replaces the old cartel. No. Just repeal prohibition and be done with it. Just gut the bad laws and stop making more of them. Yeah, seriously. Well, it's like she talks about... Oh, like, we're going to have the best medical program ever. But getting rid of affirmative defense for medical patients, like, no, you're going to lock your patients up. You're criminalizing people with multiple sclerosis and epilepsy. That's what you're doing. Yes. You're pretending you have legalization at all. And South Dakotans made history passing recreational and medical at the same time. No one's done that. Yeah. And they did it. And then she fucked it all up. It's just crazy. It is wild. Also, um... Worth noting, I've seen that the three primary healthcare systems in South Dakota have either barred or strongly are discouraging uh, to the public medical recommendations. So it's already like patients can't get their medicine from the only doctors that will be allowed to give them the recommendation they need to get it. So 
Luckily, the activists are still out there kicking ass, gathering signatures, trying to place legalization once again on the 2022 ballot. And we wish them the best of luck. That's right. And now that we're all fired up. (laughs) Uh, C-Dubs, by the way, sent us a boost that says, come to my door. (laughs) I'm going to come. Yeah. On our way, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. See you soon. Well, you know what's going to get us a little bit more relaxed, but maybe you've jacked up a bit. Another metal moment. Yeah, metal moment. Metal moment. Uh, As you know, the Reverend Cyber Trucker records his metal moments for us. Uh, As Fletcher sends a stick, uh, we send a metal (laughs) moment to him. Uh, Yeah, he's on the road all across America, driving here, driving there, but he still has time to pull over and record us a metal moment, and we thank him for that. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is the Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny with this week's Metal Moment. Tonight we're heading off to the land of the rising sun again for a little bit of Maximum the Hormone. It is one of those bands that's really hard to identify since their influences range all the way from ska to J-pop to death metal. And Koi no Mega Lover is no exception. Oh, you know I smashed Japan on the Revs pole <laughs> week after week. Yeah, no doubt, man. <laughs> I love Maximum the Hormone. They're incredible. I first heard them uh, the first time I watched uh, Death Note. Ah, look at that. Yep. Very yep. nice. Very they have nice. a theme song there. Interesting. Well, thank you, Rev, for another smashing metal moment. Thanks, Rev. Uh, you can always vote on upcoming metal moment polls. The Rev usually runs one uh, right after showtime on Tuesday nights. Just go over to No Agenda Social. You can find him at Rev Cyber Trucker at noagendasocial.com. From any federated instance uh, that doesn't have us blocked like little bitches anyway. <laughs> little bitches. Little bitches. Uh, C-Dub's points out that uh he was looking for uh what he called the dame delorean Yo, angry crip of come, he's looking for the come to my door but this carolyn is carolyn blaney this, this is carolyn blaney come to my fucking door yes that's from a special pork rinds that's right that's hog a, story that's a that's a blaney rant blaney bit it was inspiring i got a lot of that and i'll fight you it's fucking bullshit, man. I was inspired heavily by that. Still have some great uh, evergreen drops from that. 
great evergreen drops. Uh, speaking of drops, we've had a lot of drops into the voicemail box for tonight's F-Tie. First time I ever, and appropriately for Mardi Gras, we're talking about the first time I ever pulled down, or excuse me, took off, uh, you know, any of the above, my pants in public. First time I ever took off my pants in public. Uh, if you're brave and want to weigh in, uh, or if you want to call us while taking your pants off in public, you could always call 816-607-3663, just like this lovely caller did. Hey, hi there. Hey. Good evening hey. in the bowl. Hey. Oh, I've missed you too. Yeah. <laughs> I've really, truly missed you too. It's been so long. Too long. It's been great, though, listening to you. I've been listening. And, um, as always, outstanding, excellent, superb content, at least by my account. Thank you. Thank you very much for all of it. I really um, have come to rely on you. I really come to rely on um, you both for this outstanding content because um, it's not just the stories you bring and the information you bring. It's also um, your attitude, your demeanor, your approach. And then how passionately you bring forth your opinions about everything that you're talking about is, it's prominent for me. It's important to me. So, again, I'll never tire of thanking you because you <laughs> continuously bring it. You're such a sweet. You, know, you really put a lot of effort Jeez. into what you're doing, and I, I really genuinely appreciate it. Thank you, bitch. Um, that said, <laughs> uh, besides really missing you both and having gone a long time since leaving my, well, a long time, feels like a long time since I left my last voicemail. Mm. Um, I've had a lot that I've wanted to share with you, and I just, I haven't. Um, just a lot going on. I won't go into, I will spare you the sordid details, oh, okay? <laughs> I really will try to spare you the sordid details from now on. Um, Deet sparing. I catch a lot of fucking hell when I do. And um, you don't need to hear all that shit. Just thanks for bringing it. I uh, was thinking about, I'm going to have to catch up. <laughs> hmm. um, and I'm grateful that you allow me to catch up. Thank you, because, I don't know, it was like two FTIEs ago that you were talking up that the topic was the first time I ever fell in love with a movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm about done with this voicemail in 20 seconds, so it will be up. I will call back. Oh, yeah. But I also do have a story from the first time I ever had a spirit or, an, a, you know, contact or signs from the afterlife. Afterlife, nice. yeah. Awesome. Those were awesome FTIEs, let me just say before I call back. They were fun, and a lot yeah. of people dug them, and uh, a lot of people... Uh... A lot of people were calling in for those. It seemed to, I, it's always surprising the ones that like spark more interest. But uh, the sign for the afterlife one was a hot one, and uh, it also didn't go necessarily in the same direction I thought it would, which was interesting. Um, but of course, hit it, yeah, hit it. I did hit it part a two a while ago. So that's how I was able to, you know, chill the fuck out and get my shit together and finally call you after so long. So, yeah, the FTIUs have been, you know, fantastic. You know, I just really enjoy those the most. I'm not able to contribute to all of them, um, which, 
some people will be grateful for. And <laughs> <laughs> but I know that you would like to hear stories from everybody, you know, for all of them. But I, they just don't all apply to me. There's so much oh, that's all good. you guys have done in your short time on this this earth. <laughs> um, I'm yeah, quite a bit know. older than you, than you too. And when I, uh, long before you were born, back in the 80s, uh, as I was, I'm an 80s kid. So I was thinking about it and check it out. So there, there are these four main movies that were really special to me and for me, for me. I mean, there were dozens. <laughs> it's not, yeah, there were many dozens, uh, very special to me and that I fell in love with, just truly enamored with, you know, mesmerized by as a kid. Check it out. I was looking at the dates, the release dates for the four main movies that are, are very um, meaningful to me and were very helpful in getting me through an extremely tough uh, childhood in um, on the outskirts of Chicago. For me, it wasn't like inner city gang shit, but at home, it was a war always. I was between two homes. Mm. And one of the things that really helped me get through that childhood and that upbringing, that nightmarish, you know, it wasn't as nightmarish as people who don't even have uh, the basics. So I had a lot of escapist. Um, I was lucky. I was fortunate to have a lot of escapism, like games, media, you know, music, movies, um, radio shows, uh, just everything. I, uh, toys. I was. I was very fortunate to have that. And I fell, um, let's see, I'm almost out of time. You know how I do this. I might Ruh-roh. have to call in a third. So I'll try to space it out, okay, to give other people a chance. So there were these four main movies and they were all released in the same year. I just, I was like, holy shit. Whoa. And I had to figure out which one was first. So it went, all in 1982, E.T. was released, then The Secret of Nim, then The Last Unicorn, mm. and then The Dark Crystal. All in the same wow. year. Holy but I had shit. to look at the order of it. Oh, I'm about to run out of time. Ah, sorry. Wow. That's all right. That's <laughs> a call back. That's a heavy hitting uh. year. Yeah, that is. That is a heavy hit. Those are all great movies that I have also fallen in love with. Here, we'll we'll let her finish the voicemail turkey. <laughs> voicemail turkey. All right, you know number three. I mean, this is catch up, so cut me some slack. Uh, at least people can just you know deal or mute or whatever if it's too much. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. You can skip thirty so seconds forward if you hate forecast that much. Um, I don't think there's anybody. I'm gonna be out playing like catch up for forecast. a few weeks. All right, so next week I'll like call in with the. Science from the afterlife because I don't want to do too much of a dump. Three is a lot. It's a magic number, but three is a lot. Yeah, they call <laughs> so, them big fat dumps. All right, so so for me, the number one is the Dark Crystal. That is number one. Like, oh, yeah, hallelujah! It's it's my. <sighs> this lady loves the Dark Crystal. It's it's like Batman. This for one's me. sitting I, next to me. I'm Batman. I mean, it's. <laughs> And you should, I know you can appreciate that, Lorian, because oh, yeah. that's a Henson production. One of the most yeah. brilliant, beautiful, artistic, fantastical, yes, that's a word, um, just marvelous creations that he was ever involved with, the Dark Crystal. That's why my alias online is Gelfling, so, or my alter alias, um, 
when I'm not using Quirk S, I'm using Gelfling. Oh, so hit Quirk S up I on realized the alt. that that was released last. The, the first one, I was trying to remember which was the first, so I guess it would have had to have been E.T. E.T. was released in June. Then The Secret of Nim was next in July. Then The Last Unicorn was released in November. And then The Dark Crystal was released in December, all of 1982. And... Um, as much as the Dark Crystal is always going to be number one for me, just how it helped me transform, how it helped me adapt to extremely dark environment, extremely negative environment, it really helped me a lot. It's just the the art history that went into that movie. But so E.T. was first of all those four. So in E.T., I, I mean, I have great love for, just an immense love. I still feel all of the feels, all of the emotions. I still cry. When E.T.'s in the chamber and when he's like on the riverside and then when he leaves, yeah, it's it's serious. I love E.T. I had an E.T. plushie doll that nice. I managed to keep up until I had to leave it behind in Illinois when I moved to Minnesota. And I left behind virtually everything I've ever owned, like 99.8% of it, and it's all gone. But I, I had that, and it had blue eyes, and I slept with my E.T. I mean, it had little long arms. It was great. <laughs> E.T. was one of the best movies that was ever made. I think Steven Spielberg knocked it out of the fucking park with that one. And I love Drew Barrymore. Big Drew Barrymore fan. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, and also uh, D. Wallace. She's fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. You're fucking amazing. Quirk yeah, S. just like Quirk S. That's what I was going to say. Good to hear from you. Yeah, we love you, yeah. Quirk S. Drew, Drew Barrymore did the uh, Flash David Letterman. Yeah. <laughs> on, I think it, it was it her birthday, his birthday. I think it was her birthday. Pretty sure. She jumped up on the desk and did a little dance in Flash David Letterman. Yeah, that was one of the more badass TV moments of all time, if you ask me. Hell yeah. That's funny. And some of the artists from. Um, the last unicorn wound up doing Studio Ghibli. That's right. So that's right. Magic Miyazaki connections there too. It's crazy. Just, oh, the art. <laughs> How awesome would it have been to have been like a kid or teen in 1982 specifically? Like that many killer movies come out all in the same <laughs> yeah. fucking year. Like think about all the movies that have come out in the last year. And like crickets, crickets. I mean, what, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's just some that I missed, maybe, but like, what really kicked ass in that sort of, in that sort of way, you know? I don't know. Here we are. You can't name it, so. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a f- fucking old guy now. Maybe. Really makes you think. Really makes you think. <laughs> this next caller really makes me think. The music plays as we move along. Storybook love, such a fitting song. Two hearts as one, they beat in time. I am yours, and you are mine. From tears to laughs, in sorrow and rage, we forge ahead and turn the page. Very nice. Beautiful. Princess Phoenix with the poem. The poems. Poems and prose. So, the F-time for this week being the first time I ever took my pants off in public. Yes. Well, considering the fact I'm a hella exhibitionist, Uh That one might be a little bit difficult, but I'll give you something pretty tame. Okay. So when I was in Color Guard, we used to have to change on the bus, and I'm sure anybody who's ever, you know, been in any kind of sport or after activity knows about trying to change without everybody seeing you good, good. Mm -hmm. So I can remember being on the bus going to 
an away game for Color Guard. And people were amazed because I could literally put my skirt on and take my jeans off and never show anything. I got really good at it. I also got really good at taking my bra off and uh, never having to lift my shirt. But that's a whole other story for probably another F-tie. But, yeah, so sorry it wasn't anything earth-shattering and amazing. But, oh, um, no, that's all right. Yeah, that's my story. So uh, in the bowl, y'all. Smoke them if you got them. Phoenix out. In, in the, the bowl. bowl. Stealth strip. Phoenix. I, f- I don't know about earth-shattering all this, but. Here in the bowl, the pants came off. That's good enough for us. Yep. <laughs> that qualifies as the F-tie. Uh, bravo, bravo. Bravo, bravo. You want to hear my first time I ever took my pants off in public Hell story? Hell yeah, I do. Uh, it's not much of a story. I think the first time I ever took my pants off in public uh, was when I was two, coming up on my first dance recital. I was ah, probably yeah. three by the time the recital was coming around. Um, and (laughs) we were trying on costumes at the practice space. And so like all the moms came in and then the, like the choreographer's sister who made the costumes came in, you know, to like fit everyone. And she's just like, well, we got to get a true fit. Just, you know, take your pants off. (laughs) And I had like a leotard and tights on yeah, and just some like shorts over it or something. So it was no big deal. But I also was like, oh, I just stay off right here. Okay. Definitely went through my head. But then after that, you know, I did um, dance for a really long time up until high school and musical theater and played with a band and stuff. So pulling your clothes off is just no big deal. Costume changes. You just got to be quick and whatever. And that set me on my exhibitionist path, I suppose, (laughs) because it's just no big fucking deal. And you grab if you need help, you just grab help from whoever's there. Yep. My bra stuck in my hair. Get that clip out for me. (laughs) (laughs) I need a hand with this. Yeah. Uh, this next caller might need a hand. Let's listen. Hey, bowlers. Uh, so hey, hey. the first time I ever took my pants off in public, well, probably the first time I did it was, um, so I went to nude beaches as a child with my mother, which, yeah, so very early. Yeah, this the same nude beach that I broke my arm at when I was eight. Uh, so, I remember yeah, that one. So, you know, of course, my mother was also a nudist. Whole, that's a whole different discussion. Uh, first time I did it as an adult was honestly with uh, um, that uh, I got naked at a ferry dock in Washington State uh, when I was dating uh, my, at the time, uh, girlfriend, who uh, became my uh, became my wife and is where I'm now going through the divorce process uh, so she can be my ex-wife. Uh, needless circle. to say, that um, that love story was, uh, yeah, doomed from the start, I guess. It just took a while for me to figure that out. So, anyway, um, yeah, I guess that's, I, I, but, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, things, uh, things will get better at some point. Uh, so, yeah, in the bowl, y'all. In the bowl, phone boy. In the bowl. I love your inspirational music. Yeah, the music tells me it will definitely get better. Yeah, you got the chill, man. You're manifesting the chill, even through the hell of it all. Manifesting the chill, I love it. Yeah, who needs the pants around when you're manifesting the chill? That's all I'm saying. Fuck pants! (laughs) That's right, some of our callers do fuck pants, in fact. Oh, that's right, I forgot about them. (laughs) Reliably informed. Pants fuckers. 
Thanks for letting me rattle on up in your bowl. Oh, yeah. Anytime. Hope you're having a great show. Oh, it's going great. It means it's sad to be with you. I'll contribute to that in the future. All right. Good night. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Quirky. Yeah, night-night. Mwah. No one says night-night to Ned Ned. Uh, yeah, I was trying to get my buddies I was driving back with uh, to leave voicemail. They weren't in on it. But, you know, uh, they do uh, have... Uh, Got to do it yourself, huh? They do have hockey names. I was going to try and do something maybe letter kind ish Because <laughs> yeah. uh, one's Mac and one's Glenn, which Glenn I call Glendo. Oh, Glendo. I have the word endo. Glendo, uh, buddy, Ferda. You can surmise why I call him that. But anyways, um, uh, yeah, I was going to have him, <laughs> I was going to leave mine, then I'd be like, Mac, <laughs> Glendo, like the the leg day uh, skit from Leonard Kenny. Jesus, I got people coming in my lane. <laughs> Crazy ass drivers in Detroit. Oh, my God. Woohoo. Um. Uh, guy's looking at your lane like, yeah, I'm going so to come. Ever, I had to take my pants off in public. It was actually shorts that I had on. Uh, yeah. And we were at a picnic, and one of them goddamn uh, yellow jackets uh, flew up my, my leg and my shorts. And uh, in a moment of uh, uh, impatientness and uh, freaking the fuck out, uh, I think it was only like eight or ten at the time, but rip my shorts off, get the yellow jacket out of my shorts. So, uh, that's the first time in public that I did that, but, uh... Doing the sting sting You know, dance. later on, you maybe, uh... I don't know, out boating, but you got swim trunks on underneath. No Speedo, though, because I'm not a Speedo guy. Uh, no problem if you're a Speedo guy. Oh, it's yeah, up I'm to you. I'm it's Speedo not, guy. uh... Uh, I need a little. Uh, I feel unsafe. But I don't. I don't like the twig and berries out there, just with a thin uh, piece of spandex. Oh, they're thicker than them in the real world. She's much uh, thinner than a speedo. But. So, but you know, you go out on the boat and you have like sweats on and almost uh, be, act like you're cool. Got tear offs or something like you're an NBA player. Rip them off. Jump in the water. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, I in love. The boat! In the bowl. In the bowl. Tear offs. Oh my god, I used to love tear offs, bro. <laughs> I used to play basketball in elementary school, dude. And when you got the tear offs, you just like fucking two hand it right on the waistband and just throw them straight up in the air like woof. And then just run out on the court like, give me that basketball. Oh my god, the, the tear offs were awesome. I need awesome me some tear offs. No doubt. Tear it all off. Man, my, the first time I ever took my pants off in public was swim team, and I guess I started that when I was like eight or nine. Oh wow! I want to say, uh, maybe ten, somewhere in there, eight, nine, ten. And uh, the team uniform was the little speedo thing, just the. So yeah, I mean the f- the first time you go to a s- like swimming event, it's outside, you're in a speedo the whole time. There's just like you know. It's like a few hundred people like walking around. It's just an event. I just got used to it pretty quickly. And uh, I still prefer swimming in Speedo to this day. It's like weird to have trunks on. I don't know. Ugh. Trunks, when you swim in trunks after like your whole life you're used to swimming in Speedo with no drag and like you get up out of the water and nothing's hanging on you, you know? It's hard to go back to trunks, man. 
Hard to go back to trunks. Good for training, yeah, but it still always feels like it feels like you jumped in with clothes on, you know? Even in yeah. trunks, I feel that way. And trunks have that fucking mesh in them that just uh, always used to chafe my balls raw, man. I hate the little net thing they put in swim trunks. <laughs> so oh, what's up man. with that? What is up? What is, what's the deal with that? What's up with the nut net? So what's that all about? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? What's this next collar all about? That's what everyone's dying to find out. Does it count that the pants didn't technically hit the ground? I was heading back yeah. from the bar. Uh, this bar had a lot of underwear stapled to the ceiling. Okay. Uh, myself and a bunch of the other dancers on the show oh. all filled up their underwear. And we were heading back to the hotel. And I said, hey, everybody, let's moon my buddy who was walking behind us. I think there was me plus three others. And, like, you know, I, I gave him the full I, – I gave him a I gave him a drop trial, but I guess the – uh, dancers got really into it and also forgot that they were not wearing underwear. And, nice. Um, <laughs> All right. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. I want to go live. I can't wait to do that shit. I can't oh. wait to get the node back up. I'm getting that sense of FOMO going down in the uh, bowl. Yeah, we got to help. God, we got to help Boobs uh, get his node back up. I was going to boost the gram last night and then yeah. I, I forgot, even though I've been like messaging him and. We're trying to work with him to get his node back recovered. Some weird spot, weird spot. We'll get it figured out, man. Yeah, we'll get it figured out, boobs. And by the way, if I have to like close a force close the channel and reopen one, I'm happy to do that too. I can reopen a bigger one than what we have. What we have right now, get a big one. I like them big. I like my channel big. Uh, speaking of big, everything's bigger than John Fletcher's Texas. I'm bowling. Hello. What is going on? Sir, welcome in the city. Ow! Ow, ow, baby. Dave DeLorean, matriarch of the wolf pack. Ow! <laughs> and all you bowlers in the bowl. Hi. You're having a great night. Oh, yeah. Bowling oh, no, around. I am. Pretty high right now. Oh, nice. First time I ever... Shit. It was just there. What? First time you ever oh, shit. Oh, wow. That's Short what we haven't done yet. Human goldfish. Oh, first time I ever took off my pants in public. Bing, bing, bing. Honestly, I don't remember. <laughs> More than likely, it was from being, uh, uh, um, being paddled by my mom in the grocery store. Whoa. She probably pulled my pants down to uh, give me some licks on the ass with the, she usually carried a paint stirrer stick. In her purse because then a long reach oh, and damn. Uh, stung when you got hit on the butt cheek or the thigh. Not fucking oh, around. Not a good disciplinary tool, but that doesn't count because I didn't take them off myself. Um, but I did get licks in the grocery store more often than I should have. Grocery Usually store licks. Wandering off and uh, making my mom worry. She's got to come track you down. Than. I do remember. Give you the paint stick. The first time I ever thought it was kind of weird to uh, be taking my pants off in, in public. Uh, I was in school. It was high school. And uh, I had been in theater for like, you know, in church and and random things here and there in junior high and in high school. But my theater, my senior year, um, I was actually in theater class all year. And so 
we had this weirdo fucking teacher. She, uh, well, she was probably in her 30s uh, during that time. Maybe late 20s. Nice. Doesn't matter. She wanted all of us, uh, guys and girls, to undress and change into our clothes um, all together, all in the same room. Excuse me? What? And uh, we're like, oh, this is fucking weird. Like, are we even allowed to do this? Like, of course, you've got separate girls and boys uh, locker rooms and gym. And, you know, it was normal to, like, get undressed in front of all the dudes, which I guess, you know, technically the first time was in gym class. Um, sure. But that just seemed normal. It was out of place and weird in theater where we're all pretty much the same age, kids. And some no oh, no oh cliffhanger cliffhanger cliffhanger. I guess I went too uh, too long and too deep, and I hit the limit there. No, that's all right. We were enthralled. We were imagining. Oh, Unless you liked it. All of you. Uh, what was I saying? Crazy um, kids yeah. getting undressed so theater, in the same room. Fucking together. weird. Yeah. The weirdest part uh, was that it was we were all the same age, guys and girls. Some of us were attracted to each other, no doubt. And uh, then now we're in this class where. Now we get to see each other in our underwear. Uh, and that was, that was kind of weird. Yeah. Cause I, I never liked wearing boxers. They're, mm -hmm. they're far too loose. I need a little bit of support. So always had briefs or boxer briefs in high school was the time I discovered boxer briefs. Yeah. And so I can recall various eyeballs, uh, you know, looking elsewhere other than my face look at that we were putting on our theater clothes and that's fine because my eyes were elsewhere where too yeah i remember thinking like holy shit you were hiding those under there but so hard the weirdest thing was the theater teacher would kind of linger around while we were all doing that under the guise of i'm just checking in yeah like, yeah sure you are you're meat gazing is what you're doing meat gazer Meet gazing. Hard to blame. And so that was strange. Uh, got Very used strange. to it. <laughs> I didn't really have any body issues back then, so the the strange part wasn't being naked in front of people. It was just that it was like condoned by a teacher, and the teacher was lingering around. Yeah, that's like, like a little weird. You, lady. you can't look at my meat. <laughs> Trying no, to sneak a peek? <laughs> but yeah, uh... Eventually, I, I became pretty comfortable with it, and I was known to uh, shed my clothes at parties that, hey know, on, on a whim. Or somebody <laughs> just said, hey, whip it out. Let the whip it out to it. <laughs> shed, not only would I whip it out, I'd like, put it on the rim of people's glass, <laughs> right in their face, like without them knowing, you know, kind of stand beside somebody while they're talking to other people. Just have my junk out real close to their to their face and wait. Wait for them to like finally realize. Like, I feel like somebody's standing really close to, close to me. What's that next to my face? Oh, it's a scoop. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a little Fletcher Cox story. Got to hear it. There it was, and that sounded like a premise for a hentai or an <laughs> anime, you know? <laughs> In which Fletcher balances his cock on the rim of your glass. <laughs> well, I was talking about the teacher saying, okay, students, oh, everyone teacher, get undressed. Right? Huh? Yeah, that does sound like uh, high school theater Tokyo or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> high school theater.
Theater Tokyo. Perfect title, too, for the Thank English you. translation. Yeah. High School Theater Tokyo. Uh, High School Theater Tokyo Go. That's the full. Oh, okay. With an exclamation point. Yes. After theater and go, there are exclamation points. Oh, yeah. I got oh. a text in from Boobs. He took a pic, sent in a pic of his CD. Maximum the hormone. Hell yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, good text line. Oh, we got one rolling in right at the last minute, right before we went bowling. Whew. I had my bag and I was going to get my shoes on. I but... started lacing. In the bowl, bowlers. In the bowl. Uh, I hear that you your question tonight is the first time I ever dropped trow in public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm happy to say that I never have dropped trow in public. And I never fucking will, you fucking hippie oh, goddamn yeah. motherfuckers. You're trying to make like me... A fucking challenge <laughs> I just, me, dog. I just... I won't do it. I can't. I just... You just... <sighs> Is he a never nude? This man's a never nude. You uh, fuck stick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks for the ring, baby. Thanks oh, for the lavish. ring. Um, all right. I guess I uh, got a new life goal now. I wish wish all of my life goals were so achievable as this one, but uh, yes, (laughs) I guess that uh, there's only one thing left to do. Let's go bold. Well, a 33 year old man didn't make it into my top 333 story, so here he is on the lane. All right, he died after being punched in the head at a family party. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, this is over the pond in jolly old England. Okay, um, a little rowdy. He was drunk, and I guess he was known to his family and friends for being uh, kind of argumentative when he's drunk. Okay. So he decided to pick a fight with a family friend sitting next to him outside drinking drinks, <laughs> and he punched the guy. So the dude punched him back in the side of the head, and uh, that was that. Nighty night. Wow. Basil subarachnoid hemorrhage bleeding uh, between the brain and the tissue covering the brain. Yeah. And that's that. Yeah, you catch a bloke in the right spot, man. Can be deadly. Yeah. Deadly. Well, yeah. uh, I guess he won't be annoying anybody else. That's right. Holy shit. Nice execution. You're doing terrific. In California, a man survived a frigid five-hour night swim, which was guided by a friendly seal. Oh, no way. <laughs> yes way. I can't believe it. So this guy is a sea urchin diver who fell off his fishing boat in the Santa Barbara Channel in the middle of the night wearing nothing but shorts and a t-shirt. Oh, nice. Maybe, but his boat's motor was still running, and so the boat got away from him really oh, fast. Oh, not nice. And he started swimming as hard as he could and realized it, <laughs> he wasn't going to catch the boat. Oh, no. Um, Come so back, boat. <laughs> he was already starting to panic, and then he heard a splash in the water, assumed it was a shark, and started panicking more. But then he saw this little seal bobbing up and down in front of him and then next to him. So he started talking to it. And, I mean, oh, you know, cool. he's in panic. This is probably the end. Sure. So he's just talking at the seal. And uh, he's telling him dad jokes, he said, because like, <laughs> he just started running out of things to talk about. Yeah. And the, the seal uh, got down next to him and started kind of bumping him in the butt with its head. Butt bumping. As in, like, let's go. Like, why are you just 
You what? Know, doggy you... paddling in one spot like, or whatever you're doing. You're kind of a funny looking sail, but you can't swim for shit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, five hours later, uh, the pair reached an oil platform oh that he was able God. to get onto. And uh, five hours later. That's man. a lot of swimming, my man. Yeah, Thank God he was swimming in the right direction, I guess. <laughs> Real. Um, so crew members on the rig were able to provide first aid before the Coast Guard got there and transferred him to a hospital where he was treated for hypothermia. Shoot. But yeah. You know, he had kids and stuff, so he was talking about thinking about leaving behind uh, his wife and <laughs> what are my kids going to do without a dad? Oh. Yeah, that's not cool <laughs> to think about, man. Bless that seal. Yeah, good for the seal. <laughs> yeah, seal he found his spirit extra... animal that night. I guess, yeah. There's kind of a theme with these stories this week, I noticed. Uh, so in, Aust- in Alaska, excuse me, a man was walking along the shoreline when the ice broke loose and carried him into the Cook Inlet. Oh, shit. Uh, he was left clinging to an ice chunk there. 300 yards off the shoreline uh, for probably a few hours until someone finally saw him just a head and some arms above the frigid water and a uh, fishing vessel came and rescued him. Right on. Yes, he also was treated for hypothermia, <laughs> but is doing okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, that hypothermia ain't gonna get our boys out here. Now down under in Australia, a cow was carried away by floodwaters and then was found wandering on a beach after floating downriver. Oh my god. <laughs> Get back to work. Three, Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. I need th- my milk. Three whole miles. Yeah, I'm sure that cow was in utter disbelief. <laughs> god damn it! <laughs> what? There was a, a cow that wasn't so lucky that washed up on a different beach. I mean, this cow also washed up, but he was very much alive. Dazed and confused. But alive. Uh, but no news if the cow was returned to its rightful owner. So, eh. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep to keep tabs on the health of that cow. I hope he's yeah, all right. No doubt. <laughs> Making milk. <laughs> <laughs> now, in North Carolina, you just won't believe this. Oh, no. Some wreckage from a ship washed onto the beach. What is with the water this week? Yeah. It's growing nuts. I like the shipwreck. Yeah, shipwreck. And uh, some archaeologists came down to visit and determined that uh, by the iron, f- judging by the iron fasteners and timber, uh, it's probably <laughs> from the 19th century, most likely a large schooner boat. <laughs> schooner boat. <laughs> <laughs> schooner rather than later. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Cape Fear is the world's largest concentration of historically significant shipwrecks. Fun fact. Nice. Yeah, with 21 known sunken vessels, mostly civil warships. Uh, But, you know, mystery remains around this one, and they're hoping to move uh, the wreckage to a climate-controlled facility with a constant mist bath so that it stays in shape and that they can uh, keep studying it, I guess. Imagine that, getting paid to study a piece of wood. Mm-mm. 
A tick survived for 27 years in a researcher's lab. Oh that my is God. 26 years too long. <laughs> no shit. Really Doesn't anybody years. have a big lighter around that lab? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody flame that tick. Eight years of its life, it went without food. Oh my God. So, what? Yeah, this is a new record for the species. Uh, Argus brumpty. That's what the the tick species is called. They're a soft tick. Oh my tick god! Nothing named the individual <laughs> no, tick. No, the ticks. <laughs> this, to my this knowledge, this tick had a social security number. He's drawn a pension. <laughs> to my knowledge, these ticks didn't have names or identifiers. They were just uh, female, male, and uh, you know the nymphs when the guy first got them, mm. which he was gifted them in Kenya in 1976. How precious! <sighs> what the fuck is going Someone on? Someone hands me some ticks. I. This is gonna, yeah, that's uh, an insult in my culture. <laughs> for real. I don't know. So up they until, do things different in Kenya. Up until 1984, uh, the researcher let the ticks live on lab rabbits, lab mice, and I'm sad to say lab rats also. Oh. Um, but Nick's going to be furious. I don't know. poor lab rats. Forced to ha- share their body with the ticks. The uh, female tick he found was able to store sperm and then reproduce four years after the last male tick in the study died. The study group. Yeah. He just kept these things in his lab, like, you know, these gifts, and then gave them a little habitat. I just picture them in, like, a terrarium, you know. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, But um, now he's sending uh, them to South Africa for further testing. You know, just... Let's just look at these ticks. Yeah, just keep them out of Kansas City, baby. <laughs> For real. <laughs> we got plenty of six as it is. As long as none of them have escaped, you know, then I guess we're good. Uh, we don't want the ones that live for uh, however, how that. long was it? 27 years. 27 years, eight without food. Yeah. Eight of the 27 without any food. A, a gift. Get out. A gift from South and East Africa, like more like a uh, plague you know because like, if one gets out and then it can reproduce by storing sperm for years and years and it doesn't need to eat apparently mm-hmm. that's how you cause some problems you know suddenly oh there's this invasive tick species in here <laughs> how did they get here oh it was a gift mm. i hope they kept the receipt yeah well these folks in a uh, trial in switzerland can throw out their receipt because they were paralyzed and each received a personalized spinal cord implant that allowed them to walk in just one day. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, it just takes one day of stimulation. And one of the participants was able to take 300 steps. But uh, what the implant does is it bridges the signals from the brain to the muscles and hops over the damaged portions to restore movement. Oh, okay. Um, it's the first implant to specifically mimic electrical signals from the brain to control lower body movement. Uh, and it's placed directly onto the spinal cord, which allows access to different neurons that control lower body muscle groups. Um, now, strangely enough, they say that you can adjust the implant using a tablet to support different activities like standing to walking to swimming to biking. I would say that's kind of a flaw. Like, I want the thing to just seamlessly be able to yeah, if I'm do gonna, what I need it to do. If I'm going to move, I want to just move. For now. I don't want to have to change in my app how I move. 
But how amazing is it to but it's, I mean, think you're never going to walk again and then here yes. you are. And you can <laughs> if swim. If you're taking steps, it's hard to bitch about it for sure. Like Set it to swim mode. That's crazy. Going for a dip. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Um, That's very cool that they can, they can do that for people. Yeah. We have the technology. I imagine. Uh, in San Diego, Border Patrol seized $3 million worth of meth hidden in an onion shipment. Oh. Right in the onions. Yeah. That's messed up. That's messed up indeed. Uh, especially because of the time that they put into packaging these things, they <laughs> transformed 1,200 small little baggies into what really looked like onions. I mean, they shaped them like globes, kind of, and then wrapped them in like white material and buried them, you know? Yeah. In amongst the onions. But, nope. A dog alerted, and that was that. Yeah. More than a... <laughs> More than 1,300 pounds of meth taken uh, it's, in. Uh, it's hard to sneak it by Seized. the dog. The dog's yeah. like, those onions smell like meth. Are you sure the dog wasn't like, those onions smell like onions? Uh, woof. <laughs> well, no, I'm not sure how it works, actually. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I've always been suspicious. Oh, a Minnesota mom just paid her son $18, or not $18, $1,800. Okay. Because he was able to stay off social media for six years. From the oh. age of 12 to 18. Good for him. Yeah. Um, he was the youngest, and she said she watched her other kids all struggle <laughs> with using social media. Yeah. You know, and she just didn't like it. So she didn't want him to go through that dependence sure. on the apps and shit. And she said, hey... You can quit at any time, uh, but then you won't get the money. But if you can abstain from social media until you're 18, I'll give you 1800 bucks. And uh, I was hoping he came through it and was like, yeah, I don't need social media. That shit's garbage. But no, he was like, well, I've got a Snapchat and Instagram. That's a good start. I'm going to use the money to buy dorm supplies as I go to college. Oh, like, college. Oh, He's That's doomed. too bad, dude. <laughs> college. Doomed. He's doomed. Rest in peace, kid going to college. And finally, a suspect running from the police was also doomed when a goat named Gracie joined in and caught him. A goat. The a real goat. goat in this story, yeah. Very nice. Yep. Um, they were responding to a domestic assault case, told the guy he was under arrest, and he fled on foot, leading two deputies to chase him through a fence line and across a field where the goat joined in, just happened to be prancing about in the field, uh, barged through the fence and chased the guy into the woods. Uh, so the second deputy followed the goat and the other one waited. And between the goat and the other deputy, they were able to flush the guy out. Wow. Get him in cuffs. And Gracie the goat was returned to her owner safely after the incident was resolved. Thank goodness. I love a happy ending. Goats in action. Oh, the guy still ended up in cuffs, which is too bad for him. But True. A good chase is always fun to <laughs> see, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Like, no doubt. Kept me on the edge of my bowl the whole time. Oh, yeah. That's where we like to keep you. Right on the edge of the bowl. Well, thanks for uh, hanging out on the edge of our bowls. We do need a first time I ever for next week. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. First time I ever for next week. First time I ever met a goat. Okay, I like that. Saw a goat in person? I don't know Somebody how to put ever, it. I like Do you met, really meet goats? I like met a goat. Okay. First time I ever met a goat. 
Look at that, I put it right in the topic, so you don't have to worry about it. This week's FTI, first time I ever met a goat! Call in 816-607-3663, let us know what goat you met and why. And join us at 8pm Central Friday for another Bowls with Buds featuring Metis. That's right, we're going to have a great time with Metis in the bowl. Yeah, you nerds better be there. And of course, we're going to be at you every Tuesday night here on the No Agenda stream and in the bowl stream and in all of the new podcast apps with the live tag. So I'll be back at that time, in that place, as me, Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'll be along for the ride. I am Dame DeLorean. Until next time, may your bowls burn ever brighter. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Bowl after bowl. 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 Till he's sick.